Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. You can also check us out at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. There you'll get um, brief write-ups on older movies that I watched for the first time, uh, deeper dives into uh, subjects like Clyde Barker, like Jackie Chan, like the Lonesome Dove series. That's all at uh, patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Uh, this episode, I recently rewatched this movie, and I really wanted to talk about it. And, uh, my guest today uh, leapt at the opportunity, and it's good to have him back on the podcast. Uh, we're gonna be, The movie we're going to be talking about is uh, John Woo's 1997 film Face Off, and the filmmaker... And the uh, person I'm going to be talking to today is Jacob Belinsky. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Brian. Always a pleasure to be on your show. <laughs> this, this is, I mean, this is this is honestly still one of my very favorite movies. I've been wanting to rewatch it for a while uh, by the time that I watched it recently. And, every, and basically every feeling I had for this movie in 1997 came back immediately. Uh, this this is this this was a big moment. Like John Woo was one of my first real uh, dives into uh, foreign cinema, and I think at least certainly probably for people a lot of people my generation, he might have been one of the first ones just because of the notoriety that his uh, earlier films in Hong Kong with Tao Young Fat had. And then when he came to America, he did Hard Target with Van Damme, which was not really, you know, he had kind of a rough experience with the studio there. Then he did Broken Arrow, with, which was his first uh, collaboration with John Travolta. And that did, that did pretty decently. It was a decent hit. And then um, out came Face Off the next year, which was easily, which was almost... His next biggest hit after his next movie, Mission Impossible Two, um, his his unfortunately his his Hollywood career kind of petered out at least financially with Wind Talkers and Payback. But um, I'm always excited to talk about John Woo, and because his his movies do continue to mean a lot to me, and I really love talking, I really love uh, revisiting them and uh, talking about them. Jacob, um, what were your first experiences with John Woo as well as uh, Face Off? Well, um, I, I actually am going to second a lot of what you said. Uh, Face Off in particular holds a very, very special place in my heart. Uh, I still maintain it is one of my favorite and I think objectively one of the best action movies of the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, right alongside, uh, it's going to weird, be weird and we don't need to get into a Michael Bay discussion, but I also have uh, Bad Boys and the Rock up in that list. But uh, but Face Off, I am like more than a little bit obsessed with. Uh, but going back to before my first experience with that, um, I was in this period of like, w when I was young, I like, I mean, I, my favorite thing was action movies. If it didn't, if it didn't have gunfights and car chases and explosions, is this even really a movie to me? Uh, obviously, my taste has evolved a little bit since then, but uh, that was that was like, 
you know, that that was the sugar rush. That was yeah. that was before I knew what adrenaline was. That was what was coursing through me. It was just like like these movies make me excited, and you know, this looks cool. And that was before I even understood what making a film entailed. And you know, before I even realized I wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, I remember I, I saw Hard Boiled, like edited for TV on UBC when I was a kid. And and you know, like I, I did, you know, I was like, oh, cool it's that guy that does the splits and he's running and he's got a mullet. And I remember thinking, and then there's the diabetes guy, you know, on the farm. And I remember, I remember thinking, that's ah, fine, but I didn't really pay a whole lot of mind to who made it or yeah. anything. But I remember uh, <clears throat> like that was uh, what was hard target, like 93. So like, but by, by like the mid nineties, I was kind of starting to realize, Oh, um, Hey, a person makes a film and this idea of like, you know, the director is author of a film and whatnot. And I was like, you know, oh, when you see something directed by Steven Spielberg, that feels and looks a particular way. And, you know, I, I was uh, starting to kind of take a note. And I remember seeing the trailers for this movie called Broken Arrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was, uh, bless her, she was very strict when I was growing up and was not, I was not allowed to see R-rated movies. I had to kind of like sneak over to a friend's house whose parents didn't give a shit so I could watch them. And uh but I, I, I talked her into letting me go see Hard Boiled. She talked to somebody I think that had seen it before, and I was like, "It's it." I, she's like, "It's rated R." I'm like, "So what? I watch shit when you go to bed and you don't know. That's fine." Anyway, um, so so I, I got her to take me to see Broken Arrow, um, and uh, I like I I love that movie. Like I I think I saw it probably like a couple times in the theater, mm-hmm. and you know when it came out on pay per view, had to like you remember back like when you had to actually like pay and it started at seven there was no such thing as on demand like oh, yeah. you know i was like yeah. i do that and then we record it and then i watch that vhs to death <laughs> and then you know i eventually you know like it was one of those that i would just watch over and over when friends would come over and be like you gotta see this movie so i became kind of obsessed with uh with broken arrow and then the next year it's like i saw these tv spots for like from the director of broken arrow and i was like say what <laughs> and uh that's when i was like really kind of paying attention and you know you had this perfect storm of uh john woo who i i i was just starting to discover because like okay i'll say that john woo honestly if i'm listing probably i don't i I hate ranking but i would put him in the echelon of like one of my favorite all-time filmmakers Mm -hmm. um i didn't see the killer and hard-boiled until i got to college and i just started like renting like you know his older stuff and i i I, I love those movies, like yeah. uh, per- yeah. particularly Hard Boiled. I know a lot of people tend to skew more towards The Killer, and I love The Killer, but Hard Boiled is my jam. Um, I remember thinking, Chow Yun-Fat is sliding down a banister with a toothpick, like with two guns, <laughs> and he's running through a hospital with a baby. I'm like, do you get cooler than that? No, it's not possible. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I hadn't been exposed to his, his Hong Kong cinema yet, but I, uh, I remember thinking they were like from the director of Broken Arrow, and... Uh, you know, you had John Travolta just a few years removed, hot on his uh, Pulp Fiction comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Tarantino, if I remember right, recommended to him, you need to work with John Woo when he auditioned yeah. or something, if I remember hearing that right. And yeah, then, I uh, so. and I have and always will be, unironically, the most devout Nicolas Cage fan. Anyone can fight me on it. I've had friends that have just, I've gotten into ar- arguments with, they're like, you should, I'm like, good actor. They're like, he's mm-hmm. terrible, good actor, fight me. And I can point to you like scenes and Face Off has, in my opinion, one of his best performances. Um, I think, uh, but, but like seeing like this perfect storm, I was like, I have to go see this movie. Wins off, face off. And it like, I know it sounds hyperbolic, but like everybody can remember. So that is one of the movie going theatrical experiences where I can remember that feeling of, 
oh that's what it feels like to be blown through the back wall of the theater mm-hmm. like i felt like that dude in the old was it the old maxell like thing where he's sitting in the chair and yes. the sound is just blowing yes. him back like that's how i felt emotionally watching this movie i was like this is the most amazing action movie i might ever see i I saw that shit several times in the theater. I remember, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, uh, renting it when it came out. I bought it on VHS. I subsequently bought it on Blu-ray. And I'm just like, please remaster this and put it on 4K. Like, that's one of those I'm just going to keep double, triple, quadruple, like, dipping oh, yeah, over my lifetime. Definitely. It's, it is, it's an all-timer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like, I, I just remember thinking and re-watching it, uh, like, I watched it for the first time in a couple years. It's been a couple years since I watched it. Actually, that's not true. I have this thing where on my birthday, I like to kind of throw uh, Nicolas Cage movies on in the background quietly while we like play card games or do other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like I had Face Off playing, I think like last year, but it wasn't like watched. It was just in the background. People were like, what is this movie? I'm like, it's glory. I'll show you sometime. So um, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend, Emily, had, had never actually seen it. I'm like, you're watching this movie. I have to like vampirically live off of your experience of watching this for the first time because I can't get that again. Um, and uh, which is like the coolest thing to watch somebody that you care about, like watch a movie for the first time because you never get that first viewing back. And But I still remember the way I felt. And like you said, it did kind of all come back to me watching this again. I was like, this movie still holds up yeah. amazingly. I, 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 I think not only is it a great action movie, it's a great sci-fi thriller. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a great character drama. There, There's like hefty, and I'm, I know we're going to get into it, I'm sure, like hefty moments of like emotional gravity and these beautiful character moments that I was not prepared for. Honest yeah. to God, this movie does kind of make me cry by the end of it. Like, oh, like, yeah. like I'm, I, I'm so invested in the characters, but it, but it's just elevated through this over the top action. Like I, yeah, I, I, okay. Point being, I love John Woo. I love this movie. Uh, I agree that, uh, you know, I, I actually am one of the few staunch defenders of Mission Impossible 2. I, I, I think it gets hate that it doesn't really deserve. Uh, mm-hmm. I I like it a lot. Uh, Wind Talkers and Paycheck, yeah, no. Um, but uh, I I think the last great Woo effort I saw was Red Cliff. I really did enjoy the the, the full uncut version, yeah. international version of that. Yeah. But um, I... Uh, Here's the thing. He he falls in that category of filmmakers that if he never makes another film, if he only makes shit films from now on, uh, I kind of put him up there, I guess, with a Dario Argento. I'm like, I'm like, I don't care how bad any recent stuff is. I'm like, you're always going to be one of my favorites because you you have more all-timers. Filmmakers are lucky to get one, and he has several for me. So uh, I guess that's where I kind of stand with him in the film as an introduction. Mm-hmm. No, no I I'm uh, I'm absolutely with you. And yes, this this is a movie that from the first time I saw it, I mean, even even at the end, I do uh, I I do get um, I I do get misty eyed. I I do cry at the end of this movie, and it's the it's the sappiest damn ending imaginable. Like it's such oh, a God, yes. ending. It's so ridiculous, but this that is that is what makes John Woo such a special filmmaker is that he's yeah. able to sell something that's honestly kind of sentimental. He's very much like Spielberg in his ability mm-hmm. to sell the sentimental without by taking it just up to the point where it's modeling, but not, but you still feel the emotion there. And right. Uh, 
No, this this movie is. See, I I'd seen. I believe the first one I'd seen of his was Broken Arrow. I really enjoyed that. And then from the time between Broken Arrow and Face Off is when I started to catch up with Hard Target, The Killer, Hard Boiled, Better Tomorrow. And so by the time Face Off came up and, you know, we we were talking before we started about that just fantastic teaser for the movie that starts off with John mm-hmm. Travolta's character. He's talking... He's he's talking about Nicolas Cage's character. The camera is just going doing a three sixty around him, or one eight, yeah, three sixty around. No, him. yeah, all the way around, thing, yeah. And the next thing you see, you see Nick at the right moment. You see Nicolas Cage's face, and it's, that yeah. And then you see the then you see the clips of the movie that they do to tease the movie anymore. And as soon as you as soon as I saw them, like I have to absolutely see this. Movie. Mm-hmm. Well, remember back when, like, that, that that was that was kind of in a rare time. Where, don't get me wrong, I love, I, 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 like, I, I love the concept of the film trailer as its own kind of storytelling medium. Like, I remember, and you look how like it's evolved from like the '90s to the us and like now. I I uh, I really like the way modern trailers are cut. But uh, back in the '90s, uh, I mean, you kind of had this like moments all throughout each time period. But I remember in the '90s particularly there being like these really creative teasers, like before the trailer would come out and it would yeah. be like, you know, cause, cause that's not in the movie that, that 360 shot. But I was, I remember thinking that is so clever. It felt like they made this like conceptual one shot, one shot short film just for, just to promote the, tra- uh, the, the movie. And at that yeah. point I was like, if you never show me a clip from the movie, I'm like, I'm buying a ticket. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that in the theater and that just kind of gripped me. And, uh, like I said, all the TV spots, like from the director of Broken Arrow and all that. And I was like, I, I, yeah, I was, I was so like, it just felt special. It felt like an mm-hmm. event film, like this big summer blockbuster with all these, these uh, like talents crossing the streams to come up with something that you knew was going to be really special. And, and, and I didn't even realize how well that worked for me then what you're talking about, like Wu's sentimentality. But he is like, like, like that ending, you're right, is so saccharine with the, I mean, I don't want to, I'm sure we'll get to the ending, but like, you have like all this, you know, fog and, and like, you know, atmosphere and mist, like right outside the door, you're like, why would that be there? And everything is in the slowest of motion, the entire movie. And I, I, it's, I love that Wu is focused on like reactions, like whether they're visceral or emotional he's not really interested in reality. He's interested in creating reality out of fantasy, which is, you know, movie, filmmaking, you're, you're, it's like a two hour illusion. It's a giant magic show. But like, I think Wu in particular is very good at making, uh, at like creating this, this stylistic dance on screen where like violence is almost like a ballet and operatic and so over the top. And you're like, everybody's diving through the air with, two guns having perfect aim it's like you wouldn't aim like that at all you wouldn't hit shit and then you know doves flying and sparks in slow motion and it's all about it's all about the the, the presentation it's very theatrical like stage theatrical i mean like everything feels so dialed up to 11 but you have this response to it and like it, where eventually like you can't not buy into the illusion and 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 be infected by how euphoric and exciting it feels like and if if you don't if you don't respond that way 
I don't, I don't know how to have a conversation with you. Cause I'm like, it's like, if, if you don't get that, I'm like, I, I can't explain it to you. Like I, a lot of people, when they talk about this movie, they're like, that wouldn't work. They couldn't swap faces the science. And I'm like, pay attention to how realistic anything else is in the movie. You want to harp on the science? Who's not interested in reality? And that's what I love about it. It's, it's like genuine, uh, like ecstatic escapism. And I, I just, I, I think it's, it's, it's a flat out work of art. Like, you know, he's, 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 he's putting paint on the screen and it's creating like something really memorable. And I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I could gush over him all day, but yeah, you get my point. Oh yeah. I mean the, the thing that, the thing that is so great about this movie is that it just goes, it goes so much over, over the top in turn. Like there's, there's pretty much nothing believable in this movie except the character interactions except the emotional aspect of the movie. That's why it works. And right. I, I remember reading that the screenplay for the movie was originally much more of a futuristic science fiction epic. And they still want mm-hmm. to move, but he didn't really bite on directing it because he, he, he couldn't really, he wasn't really vibing with the futuristic aspect. So yeah, I remember, I think there was like, yeah, he. I, I saw this interview with him on, I think it was on the disc, and he was saying something about like, yeah, yeah he, he wasn't ready for a sci-fi movie. And then the first thing I thought was paycheck, you're still not. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, but, 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 but it's like, he smuggled, it, it got smuggled in because it really is, it really is at, at the heart, this thing is like a really fucked up uh, character drama, a family story about fathers and sons and revenge it's just told through the most preposterous science and the most over the top action sequences ever. It's like, but, but, but it's not, a, it's not, it's not a thin or th- like threadbare story. It's actually pretty, no, it's pretty not. complex. And there's a lot of like, like I said, emotional gravity and like even, even the, the, the choosing to specifically name, you know, Castor and Pollux, yeah. what they were, I think those are those like the, the, the twin sons of Zeus or something like that yeah. in, in mythology. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, there, there's a lot of, a lot of, I think, uh, there's a lot of thought going into this. It, it doesn't, it's not your run of the mill action script of bad guy, you know, like the hero's journey of, you know, okay, something bad happens, bad guy, has, uh, good guy has to hunt down bad guy. There, you know, there's a revenge and get to your lowest point and redemption in the third act. Like it, it's all there, your, your basic storytelling techniques, but it's, it's much more like complex, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I would agree with that. And, I mean the the movie the the great thing about this movie the reason that I do think it stands the reason it stands so above and beyond the rest of his Hollywood work which I I still really enjoy most of his Hollywood films but mm-hmm. um with this this feels much more in keeping in terms of thematic aspects in terms of the type of emotions that's coming out to I mean it feels of a piece with the killer and hard boiled where you have, you know, cop and cop and killer on two sides of the same coin. You have, you have romantic aspects of the movie. You have human aspects of the movie that just, that, that just come in at the most unexpected moments. And on top of that, you have the action sequences that are as, expertly put together as anything anybody has ever done. I mean, I oh, I yeah. do agree with you. This is this is one of the best, if not the best, action film of the 90s. 
I mean, yeah, I, w- I was biting my tongue on saying it's the best of the 90s because yeah. I, I want to say that, but I'm like, I need to really analyze that and not be so reactionary. But it's hard for me not to want to be like, yeah, face off, totally. It's yeah. it's just so good. Uh, I Okay, I, like, yeah, I definitely want to, uh, I'm sure you have your whole list. Like, I was making notes like crazy when I watched this thing. I'm sure you have your things you want to talk about because I definitely want to go into several of the action sequences. But um, can we just for one second talk about Th- this car- this cast lineup, like how this amazing everybody is. Yeah, I mean, I, like, and, and not just not not just like Travolta and Cage, who, yeah, honest to God, are like at the top of their game here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, I I was amazed at how well they can go back and forth between, uh, you know, just over the top, like you're having fun, scenery chewing mode, or Cage going mm-hmm. full Cage to these really restrained character bits and like the way that uh, th- these beautiful, like emotional complex, a- like complexly acted uh, performance scenes, like where you have them having switched from when Travolta becomes Cage and Cage becomes Travolta yeah. um, or, you know, Archer becoming uh caster and vice versa. Like, I, I think uh, like, I, like they, they, I'm sorry that they, they, they did perfect impressions of each other, their mannerisms, watching how they changed. And I, I remember just thinking how, and fun would that be to have to as an actor to basically get to play those dual roles and the way that they have to go back and forth and then all of a sudden okay you archer has to be troy and now he has to pretend to be this person and the turmoil that it causes with him and then all of a sudden okay well now i have to pretend to be me again but through this other as this other person like when he's going back to talk to his wife eve yeah. it's, it's so it's it's just layered it's layered so <laughs> intricately like it, it kind of blows my mind like and I, I I think that I really I don't think that the two of them get enough credit for how truly phenomenal their performances are in this movie no, and then I, I don't think they do I I really like, don't. like 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 everybody's like oh Cage and you know get me wrong Nicholas Cage he's in everything he has fifty movies come out a year yeah. I love him I love the good the bad and the ugly. But it's everybody, everybody wants to be like, oh, Nicholas Cage is a great actor. I'm like, okay, yeah, it'd be really easy to point out, like, okay, Leaving Las Vegas, okay, adaptation. And, you know, I would argue recently, okay, Mandy. But then you have this. Just sit down and watch the scene where he goes to and tries to explain to Eve, like, you know, like, I'm not me. I'm your, I'm, I'm not him. I'm your husband. Yeah. And then he's like, he talks about the blood type. And then he tells that whole story about taking her out on her first date for surf and turf. I'm like, watch those scenes and tell me he's not acting his ass off and in a good way. Now, and then, but then... <laughs> Oh, the go ahead. As with Gina Gershon, the, the first God, that is so much hard. Together in in the movie, where it's like he and he he almost forgets he's he he almost yeah. forgets whose face he's got, and yeah, so and he's like all drug-addled at yeah. that point. Yeah, like like oh yeah, okay. I'm I'm not I'm not exaggerating. You said that. And I'm thinking about that scene, and I literally had chills pop up on my arms because mm-hmm. that that moment. Everything in that sequence is so beautiful. Like I, yeah. I, I really did. I mean, we're jumping ahead. I really wanted to talk about the whole, the, the, the centerpiece of that whole like sequence at Dietrichs is like one of my favorites. Yeah. But, um, but, but, uh, but like, yeah, that that moment in particular where they, you know, he's like, I'm not me, I'm me, and he's doing his crazy <laughs> Nick Cage face, and she knocks yeah. him out, and then it's like back to reality, and he's like, oh, I like these clothes, of course. They're, they're yours. That's oh, a good looking kid too. Of course, <laughs> he's yours. And then that that plot twist. I remember yeah. thinking what the hell? And like, all of a sudden you have this gravity in, and that's when I was like, this movie's about fathers and sons mm-hmm. and in loss and it's beautiful and terrible and tragic and amazing. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, him and Gina Gershon also, Gina Gershon is amazing in this movie. Yeah. And I, 
I, I watching this movie, I forgot how big of a crush I had on '90s Gina Gershon. Um, <laughs> she's she's just it, Gina. How you doing? If you listen to this, anyway. Um, but oh my yeah, she's she's phenomenal in this movie. Um, but yeah, you have all these. You have you have the sequence uh, where uh, Nick Cage as as uh, Caster Troy as Sean Archer. As, no, I'm sorry, as Sean Archer as Caster Troy. Yeah. It's so crazy in, in, in that sequence and like the way and uh, that he's like interacting with trying to interact with like his old friends and the way he is mm-hmm. with his family and, and just the way that that builds towards the end uh, to the standoff in the church. We'll get to that later pen and that, but uh, yeah. I know. I, yeah. I like cages performance. I love how he goes from so completely utterly batshit. Like you, you're like, when are those cage moments? And then he dials in with humanity. Like, okay. Like when they're in prison uh, and and he's uh, beating up the uh, uh, Ivan, the, the, the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah Dubov. Thank you, thank you. And he, and he he's like, oh, I'm Caster Troy, and, <laughs> uh, and 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 he's like, you know, woo. And he does like the, that little like crazy face to to Pollux, his brother, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, with, with that little guitar on that. Like, also, I'm being super all over the place with it, but John Powell's score, like, that's part of the emotion for me for this yeah. entire movie because it's like one of the best scores ever fight me on that i don't care um I, so. I, I do want to i do want to give a shout out to john powell here because this was his first real uh big score like this oh are you kidding first, me i didn't know that it was his yeah, first. this this was his first big project and he's since gone on to do this he did the how to train your dragon trilogy would mm. absolutely fucking love that music yeah. he's done the born movies he did solo star wars mm. story he he's yep. just such a he's such a talented composer and like this one is you know what's interesting about this one is that it's the the score here is produced by Hans Zimmer and you can tell it's very much yeah like that it's Hans yeah Zimmer Zimmer has these little like proteges or people that he produces it's like when Spielberg produces a movie it's like there's yeah. fingerprints on there even though someone yeah. else is still doing their own thing yeah. Yeah, and but at the same time, that score just the just the main theme that you hear at the beginning of the movie is just it's it's such beautiful, beautiful and haunting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so wonderful, and yeah, and like it's it yeah he he's such a tremendous talent, and I'm I'm always I'm always grateful to see his name on a project because of the fact that uh, he he's just such. He he has such a strong voice as a composer that I Absolutely. as a soundtrack nerd I I can't help but love love what he does. Oh no! Like I, yeah, I I I I love soundtracks and scores. Like honestly, like I have this little like I'm I'm kind of like a vinyl collecting junkie, and like one of my favorite things to get is like scores of movies that I love. And Face Off is sort of like on the bucket list. I'm like I want a really good release of that, please. Mondo or somebody put something cool like that out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like the, this score is just yeah, it's I yeah, I can talk about it forever. It's so good. But um, but just like the way that the uh, anyway, um, like you have that little like guitar riff whenever uh, Cage looks at his brother and then starts beating yeah. the guy up. Like when he's like, oh, I'm Caster Troy, and he's trying to put on the act, mm-hmm. and then and then all of a sudden you see him like he grabs his face because he's in agony. Because like you think about it, this this FBI like he Travolta Travolta's character like Sean Archer, he's. This is this is awful for him because it's like he's been hunting this guy that killed his son yeah. and now he's trying to be him mm-hmm. and like just just that that turmoil of 
how do I, you know, how do I do this? Like, I, I, I forget if it's Nicolas Cage or John Travolta. It's like they embody those characters so well from even tiny little mannerisms like like uh, Travolta when he's Sean Archer and uh, he's doing all these little things like, you know, he's always kind of like has his hand and he's rubbing the back of his neck. Yeah. And then like when Nicolas Cage is him and he has anxiety and he's like, oh, I'm not going to get out of prison. He's doing the same thing. Like they really like took time to like, I feel like they just had to like really have a lot of conversations and analyze each other and like behaviors. Like, oh, you're doing that. Well, can I bring that back in when I'm being you later? Like it's because it's it's not just like a subtle shift. Like from the moment that uh, uh, Castor Troy wakes up, and then also now he's John Travolta's like in the face, yeah. walks in and just like, wee, you good looking, yeah. Hot. Also, yeah. this is like literally one of the most quotable movies ever. But yeah, it yeah really uh, is. but like just 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 like all of a sudden the mannerism, I'm like, that's not the same. It's, it's like Travolta just like flipped it. It's like mm -hmm. they're each all of a sudden are in a, the, a different movie, but the same movie because they're just like, they flopped. And it's, it's not like, I know it's, it's like the best version of freaky Friday. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just, okay, dude, now you be this person. Um, uh, I know that, I know that there's what, what, what came out this weekend that where the, the freaky, that horror movie remake of it. And I'm like, yeah. Vince Vaughn, I like you, but you're not going to be as good as Travolta and cage on the character flip. <laughs> there's no way. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I just, the, the character bits and like where it starts from, cause I kind of mentioned like this whole thing, just, can we, can we, can we rewind to the beginning in chronology? Can we just talk about that damn opening scene for a second? Oh my God. So the, I was movie, not prepared for that the first time yeah. I watched it. So, so the beginning of the movie, we have Sean Archer played by John Travolta <laughs> with his son, Michael on a, uh, merry-go-round. And the, the creepy, which for some reason out of the gate feels creepy, by the way, those well, horses. Because, I think it's because of the way that the uh, shot, the filter is on, on the, the uh, shot. Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's like this high out. contrast bleach bypass. Yeah. 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 And um, so he's spending time with his uh, son, Michael on merry-go-round and you see Castor Troy played by Nicholas Cage, uh, gang ready to take a shot. And he takes a shot, and it turns out that he he hits Sean Archer, but he kills Michael. And from there, basically the rest of the movie kicks into high gear. We have Sean Archer on a dogged uh, chase to uh, try to apprehend uh, Caster Troy for vengeance, and we'll we'll get to the rest of the. But yeah, we'll we'll focus yeah, on this opening sequence and yeah john powell's music the cinematography the way yeah. that the way that kate the way that john woo cuts the movie the way he shoots the way he picks up picks the right angles it's just absolutely it's it's just absolutely perfect i mean yeah it's no, absolutely it's, it, the right way to open this movie no, and, and how beautiful is it in its damn simplicity of just like, you know, okay, we, we don't know anything about these characters. We yeah. see, you know, uh, we see Travolta with the son. We're like, okay, we have a father and son. And then Nicolas Cage with the, the best worst mustache in film history. Um, <laughs> it just, you know, just like looking through a sniper rifle and then like that that music shift where it goes from sort of like dreamy and happy mm -hmm. and like almost like a fairy tale to like just dark. And all of a sudden, like, is this a horror movie? Right on the title card once his face off when he rips the sheet off of the, off of the rifle. And all of a sudden you're like, Okay, what's gonna happen? No dialogue, just you know, kids laughing and the sound mm. of the score over the air, and it, it's just. Uh, and then you know, like then he shoots, and we we have no idea who these people are. Flash cut to I forget at this point, like how many years later it was, 
but it's like we 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 have this 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 snapshot of where they started and then you come to realize okay this is he's an FBI agent and he's he's hunting this this terrorist this sociopath this mass murderer like uh, who who has wrecked havoc on who knows countless how many other people but personally mm-hmm. killed his son in trying to kill him yeah you know which which and you and even the way that cage's reaction when he does it, he's like he never meant to kill a kid you know, like it, it, well, that wasn't that wasn't the point. And the way that that dovetails into I, I, I keep going back and forth and I'm so sorry for that. But just the way that that comes back and that that shootout at the end of the church, which yeah. is I still want to talk about that later. But just mm-hmm. that line is like, I never you your son was an accident. I meant to kill you, but you had mm-hmm. to take it so personally. <laughs> it's like, why, why couldn't you just kill yourself? Or get or get over it. It's like, also, yeah. Again, this damn script. I love it so much. But um, but yeah, just just that that simple opening of we don't know who these people are. You can identify good guy, bad guy. He, uh, you know, hero and victim and uh and and uh adversary. But like, you just don't, you don't like. There's no dialogue. You don't need anything. No. And you're already feeling everything before the movie even starts. It's like this This prologue is like, it's not up to, okay, I'm not comparing, but it's like, if I'm thinking of openers that just like hit me and I'm like, fuck you for making me feel everything, but I'm in what's gonna happen the rest of the movie. I, I, this is this is terrible because I have a, a ton of opening scenes that I love across the history of film, but it's like the only other one that I can really think where like, I'm like, I felt something right out of the gate and I'm like, what happens next is up. <laughs> which is yeah. the weirdest thing to, to to connect to but if you're if you're like openings that grabbed you and, and you're like you're emotional but you're like i'm in for whatever this ride is it's yeah. like those are the first two that come to mind i know others would if i sat down and really thought about it but it's like mm-hmm. you're you, how can how can you not be invested in what happens next and then we 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 go right into a holy shit car chase on a, a runway with a plane <laughs> crashing into a hangar with it, I mean, it's like this, this movie is like, get ready. We're we're going to start and we're not going to stop for two hours and 15 minutes or whatever. It's, yeah. it's I mean, if John Woo was given the fact that John Woo was arguably only really given carte blanche on one movie and this is what he yeah. comes out with. It's basically like I'm going to throw everything and then the kitchen sink into this that I want to do from an action standpoint. And mm-hmm. but going back to the storytelling and going back to the Wu is an absolute master when it comes to visual exposition and absolutely an, an exposition where with a minimal amount of dialogue and it's not just face off. You look at the killer, you look at the beginning of hard boiled, like mm-hmm. all of those really get you understand immediately what you're in for from a storytelling aspect. You understand these characters. You I would argue Broken Arrow, too, honestly. Yeah, and and all of a sudden, okay, so where is he going to take him now? And, Mm -hmm. yeah, basically, you know, seeing where they are now compared to where they were, it's like the, the comparison to Up is strange, but it's honestly very appropriate. Because of I was gonna say like I feel I was like I feel like it's a weird thing to throw up, but I was like I feel like if anyone will it, understand, it's, it's, it's gonna be you here. Because of the fact that you have this you have this opening, you you see where you basically see a life together, and then all of a sudden you see you see a tragedy happen, and then you see the aftermath of that tragedy, and that is exactly what the beginning of Up does. 
where it's like mm-hmm. you understand the character of Carl Fredrickson just the same way you understand Sean Archer in this movie, and then you'll come to know Caster Troy. And yeah. you know, you and I let let's go back to the cast though, because Oh yeah, because uh, yeah we talked about the cast, but you have Don Travolta and Nicolas Cage as the beginning. You have Joan Allen, who mm-hmm. was is amazing in this terrific in this as Eve Archer. Uh, Gina Gershon is Sasha. Um, Alessandro Nivola is Pollux. Nick Cass- who has long time been one of like I think one of the most underrated actors. I fucking love him, and he's still great. I don't know. I don't know if you're a fan of it or not, but like his his whole sequences in uh, Reffin's Neon Demon are amazing. He is just like one of those. Uh, I, I don't know. He. I, I. I don't think he's capable of delivering a bad performance. Yeah. You have Nick Cassavetes as Dietrich, and I. I love like every. You can tell that Nick Cassavetes is a director, because of the fact that he's so theatrical in his, mm-hmm. his scenes he's, together. Like, he's John Cassavetes' son, so I mean, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, like, and then and 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 I remember I love telling people I'm like that motherfucker directed the Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah, no, I love Nick Cassavetes in this is amazing. And yeah. like those are like the big ones, but then you have like Dominique Swain and and all these like little like character bits that just pop in and steal their scenes, like Comb Fury uh Fury and then uh John Carroll Lynch, CCH yeah. Pounder, Margaret Cho, uh Thomas Jane, who I always forget is in this I, movie yeah, because he's so he's so disappeared into his character. <laughs> Yeah, um, I always, Tommy Flanagan, another character yeah. actor I love. But yeah, it's um, well, and Harv Presnell as well. And it's like, yeah, it was, it was amazing watching this movie and seeing Harv Presnell and John Carroll Lynch, who were both in Fargo together, and seeing them in very yeah, like Harv Presnell was essentially playing a similar attitude character than they did in Fargo. It's a different yeah. character, but it's still same attitude. John Carroll Lynch is completely like a one one eighty from the character he played in Fargo, and mm-hmm. then a decade later he plays Arthur Lee Allen in Zodiac, and he takes this yeah. a bit further. With he is he is he is such an amazing <laughs> chameleon like actor. Like yeah. like every everything he pops up in, I'm just like, what are you going to do now? He's 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 phenomenal. And even um, Swain is oh shit! Sh- I always forget he's in sh- like Shutter Island too. That's another one that you oh, yeah, blew me away. Oh right, yeah, I forgot. And then um, anyway, Swain sorry. Is Jamie, and this was right around the time I I think I think it was after she filmed Lolita. They both came out in 97, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Don't quote me on that, but yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I, re- I remember, yeah, like she, she was, she had a good year that year. Um, and uh, I, I actually, I, she's decent in this. I, I actually really, really love the, the, the Lolita remake, which I feel I bad because I'm like, I should, I, I should I, like the Kubrick, but, but, but that I, one, that one that has an impact, it's really good. Yeah. I no, I actually and like we didn't have Showtime, so I didn't watch it on Showtime. But I did see it when it came out theatrically a year later, and it just it it really flattened me. I I do love yeah. Adrian Lyne's version of Lolita. I think it's a tremendous adaptation of that story. It's it's yeah no it's it's a beautiful complex and like uncomfortable but understandable love story oh, like yeah. like i remember like when i try to explain the movie to people they're like that's sick and i'm like it's it's really complex and yeah. intricate and 
It's just you watch the movie. It's yeah. But it, it really but yeah, no. Is. But she's great in it. Um. um so yeah, I, I I know that I think they both came out in '97, but I have no idea which they shoot first, no, which think, shot first. I so think, I'll defer to you on I that. Think, I think Lolita did shoot first, but it had a hard it had a hard time finding its way to release because of all the controversy about it. Because I yeah. think it was originally I think it was originally produced by well no it was independently produced but like there yeah. was I think it ended up being released by like Samuel Goldwyn because of the fact that like nobody none of the major studios or even some of the bigger indies would touch it. Uh because Yeah and like you know Adrian Lyne had you know Adrian Lyne had like a really like you know he had a lot of clout to his name I think at yeah. that point still and you know and Jeremy Irons it's like okay well you know you're not gonna not release a Jeremy Irons movie yeah um but uh yeah and I think it, yeah I, I remember I remember renting that on video like when I, mm -hmm. like it didn't come to theaters anywhere near me but like I ended up like or if it did I wasn't aware but I remember renting it and just and I had honestly I saw that one before Kubrick's um I I, I saw Kubrick's later and like I, I love both but I feel bad. I actually prefer lines personally. I, I, I actually do as well. And I, I, I adore Kubrick, but yeah, I actually do. I, I actually prefer lines as well. And I, I think I was, I'm like you, I saw Adrian lines first then uh, then Kubrick's. But, which, which, which admittedly could have some of that effect. If I'd seen him in yeah. reverse order, I don't know yeah. if I still feel the same way, but you know, say lovey. No, absolutely. Um, um, but uh, anyway, but, but yeah. Okay. So, so the cast in this, yeah. Dominique Swain is, you and I are great at tangents. I love it. Um, <laughs> but but Dominique Swain is uh, yeah no she she's she's great as as Jamie. Um, I love it, it's kind of funny because it's the same year that Lolita came out. The way that she's like she had this year of playing off of like uncomfortable situations yeah. with like older older men because like I remember like uh, my girlfriend Emily was when we were watching uh, like I said it was our first time seeing it and it got to that scene later whenever um, Travolta who's who's uh, Castor Troy pretending to be Sean Archer yeah. comes in and like you know she's like on the phone in her bedroom smoking mm -hmm. a cigarette well no she's not smoking that she's on the phone uh, like in her room in her underwear and he walks in and he's like you have something I crave and like kind of leans by her and you're like and she, she goes she audibly goes ooh and I'm like hang on and, and he just reaches around to grab her cigarettes and she's like those aren't mine he's like I won't tell mom if you won't <laughs> but it's like there's this little moment of suggestiveness where you're like oh this is awkward and uncomfortable it's like yeah okay it's weird because it's like she thinks it's her dad it's not her dad either way it's icky uh more icky if it's her dad but it's not but it's 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 just it's like this weird and I love the way that Wu plays that out you know it's it's yeah. you're again like this movie is all about like baiting reactions mm -hmm. like you know whether you're supposed to be like you know uh sad or happy or like you know an adrenaline rush or icked out here like you know he's he's so he's like a master like like at pulling the puppet strings it's yeah. just like you know exactly how you want to feel it's like you know like if, if you don't succumb to what he's like every little beat that he's wanting you to feel at any given moment then you're dead inside because he 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 he, he manipulates it so perfectly um and and how could you and, and and like the fact that he got this cast to help elevate that like I always forget how many amazing actors just pop up just for like a scene or two in this yeah it's well, it's like I was gonna say, it is a crazy cast and I was gonna say we're talking about um Dominique Swain so Carl her boyfriend in this is Danny Masterson 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I made a note about that. Who? Who? It's a little weird now yeah. seeing him do a scene where he's being a little rapey because yeah. you're like, oh. But um, <laughs> after all the you know yeah. stuff that came out, but um, but yeah, like it was weird because I was like, oh, I freaking forgot Danny Masterson was in this because mm-hmm. it's it's like everyone this this movie is stacked with like. I don't know, like, I, I can't think, you don't get casts like this in movies, say, you'll get, like, you know, four or five good ones, but you won't get that many holy yeah. shit character actors in the same movie. Yeah, this movie is, yeah, this movie is ridiculously cast. Another one that I was going to talk about was one of um, Caster Troy's henchmen at the beginning and then again at the end is mm-hmm. Tommy Flanagan. Tommy Flanagan, who I love. Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. He's in... He's in. Oh, okay, let, let, let's 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 take a brief second and go down the rabbit hole of Sir Tommy Flanagan, the first Esquire. I'm just adding stuff to. Um, he's in everything. Uh, okay, like recently we got we got Westworld. Um, he's amazing. He's I keep forgetting. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. Yeah, Gladiator. Um, uh, basically, if you need a badass that has a scar on their face, that's going to just you know steal the scene and chew the scenery. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you cast Tommy Flanagan. The dude's an amazing. He's a phenom. Oh, he's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Sin City. I, yeah, I always forget he's in Sin City. And Smoke and Aces. Like, I mean, oh, uh, and shit, of course he pops up in everything from, like, name a show. Yeah, he's on Special Victims Unit. He's on 24. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 if, if the, he's on Gotham, for crying out loud. Like, yeah. he's going to be, he just is going to show up in anything and kick ass. He is, like, <laughs> he actually might be one of my favorite all-time character actors. I love that dude. Right. No, he he no he he is so much fun to watch whenever he's in a movie, and it's such it's such a pleasure. I mean, even in this, he's only in a, in a couple of scenes. I don't even know if he really has a live dialogue in this in this movie, but he's he's just got such a presence yeah. to him that I mean, ultimately, that's what we want from him, and. You know yeah. what? It's it's effective. It works. You know what? Here, here's the thing, and I mean this in the kindest way, because he deserves to have all the lines, but he doesn't need them because that motherfucker can carry weight just with a look. Yeah. In a scene. Oh like, yeah. He's he's Absolutely. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's. <laughs> oh man, it, it, it's like as many times as I've seen this movie, and I realistically couldn't give you a remotely accurate number as to how many times I've probably watched this movie so yeah. far in my lifetime. I always forget. Oh. They're in that movie too because it's too many to keep track of. Mm-hmm. It's it, like 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 you were saying, like it's so stacked with just yeah the craziest abundance of talent. Um, yeah, it really is both in front of and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and it's but, funny. So I do want to bring up a couple of names that are behind the camera, especially as producers. So Michael Douglas is one mm-hmm. of the executive producers. And it's always and it's so rare because of the fact that you kind of forget that Michael Douglas does have this career of producing stuff that's not necessarily his. Because I think he was one of the yeah. producers on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, yeah. him and uh, I, I forget it's the guy it's the person who's credited alongside him, and I, like I'm I'm awful right now for forgetting. But they they had uh, I think recently, recently or something. Yeah, they they had formed a production company. I think kind of in that era or, or had it been around a long time before that i don't remember but i know that i know that they were producing partners and they, they their names are on more things than you'd, you you yeah. probably think about yeah and uh barry osborne is another one yep. of the producers and he he would go on to produce co-produce the first matrix movie 
And then, of course, the Lord of the Rings girl is in it. And yeah. he's, he's just, like, you just look at this amount of talent. And, I mean, you have Oliver Wood as cinematographer. I was going to say, please mention Wood's cinematography. He, he yeah, is he, so he good. He went on to do some of the Bourne movies. Christian Wagner went on to edit the first Bourne movie, at least. And yeah. Well, I mean, well, Oliver Oliver Woods. I mean, his his uh, filmography is kind of all over the place because he shot like a ton of the original Miami Vice episodes and Die Hard Two and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And then like you see like Face Off, but it's like you also, he also is like, hey, in between, I'm gonna do like what what, what uh, Sister Act Two and Mighty Joe Young and you know. Yeah, exactly. Scooby Doo too. He's kind of like all over the place. But here's the thing: is stuff. It always looks good. He did. Uh, yeah. he, uh, I don't know if he did the first one. I know he did Equalizer too. But he's worked with um, Adam McKay a lot because he did uh, Talladega Nights, uh, Step Brothers, and um, Anchor Anchorman too. Actually, well, we won't talk about Anchorman too because anyway. But anyway, but the, po- the, the point is like his, his. You know, you see some people are like, oh, you shoot this kind of thing. Like he is just like universally talented i mean like he doesn't do, just shoot one type of thing or style but like you know if you think like oh okay when you think about like mr holland's opus yeah it's a good looking movie or like sister act two or like you know it's adam mckay's movies or anything like you know yeah they all tend to really look good but how fucking cool does face off look seriously yeah. like like i mean which which i think is a probably a combination of like him and woo working together but like from the get-go while the credits are still rolling Caster Troy, after which we have to talk about him as a priest and the, and the choir girl at the beginning <laughs> in a second. Well, but 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 before we pivot to that, because because like there's so many like cage moments for Caster that I'm just like this is everything. Yeah. Um, but 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 you got like just okay that shot uh, where he gets out of the car mm-hmm. and like the priest robe is undone and just the way the wind catches it and yeah. like flicks it up and then he, all of a sudden the gold guns and he pulls out the the, the gold dragon money clip which is just like. John Woo like ushering in Hong Kong cool yeah. to Ameri- the American blockbuster <laughs> with style. Like like how there there's there like you could take any frame from this movie and and it 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 would look like, you know, frame it put it on a wall. Like every every shot is just immaculately composed. Yeah. There, and there's so yeah. many phenomenal shots. I mean, we'll we'll get to them. Yeah, that I mean, that is easily one of the most iconic though because of the fact that it's it's peak John Woo, but it's also peak Nicolas Cage, the way he's selling it. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it's- and and, so, and brief, brief tangent, and I apologize um, for this, because I, I know we're probably making this probably a long episode, but I love that you said, like, Nicolas Cage in peak form here. This, this, there's a beautiful thing that happened across the course. Again, I diehard worship at the altar of Sir Nicolas Cage. Um, he, uh, this, is, this is the second film... In, in what I consider the great Nicolas Cage prison break quadrilogy, because uh-huh. we had The Rock and then Face Off, I think the same year, Con Air later, yes. and then eventually I rope into it, Drive Angry, because he breaks out of hell. It's kind of like <laughs> a prison. But like, there was this two year stretch in 96 and 97 where all Nicolas Cage did was break out of prison and be a badass, and I, yeah. was, I was totally there for it. Well, when it was basically Nicolas Cage immediately after his Oscar, just basically getting paychecks for action movies but it's yeah. it's i i always love the debate when it shows up on social media of like which of those three movies is the best because chances are each one each person's gonna have a different answer and mm-hmm. honestly like i 
I prefer Face Off. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But yes. I also I I of course I love The Rock and I love almost you know if if you were in on the joke if you Con Air. yeah no no Con, Con Air is fast food but a quarter pounder tastes fucking good Ryan it is yes. if you if you if you are in on the joke of what Con Air is it is the most fun ride yeah. if you're but but if you have to get you're like what is this accent what is this movie why are, what 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 is this needle drop track you're like you're 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 either along for the ride or you're not but i was totally there for it also that's my birthday movie and i i it will always be special to me because the entire movie takes place on my birthday when he's like uh uh cyrus is uh, the viruses are like i'm going to see my daddy on my birthday july 14th and he's going home to see his daughter i'm like my birthday july 14th i was like screaming in the theater i'm like yes so i so i i try to watch that as close to my birthday awesome. this year as i can because it's 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 trash but i love it i love it i love it i'm, I'm here for nicholas cage's mullet um yeah he's he's like he's like i worked out a lot and i'm only gonna wear a tank top the whole movie and i'm gonna be like the most badass charming white trash hero you've ever seen and i, mean, I that, it's great i love easily, it it's funny because that was the that was the first real movie that broadcomer produced without don simpson and it's arguably oh, like yeah, the it was self-aware movie he ever produced it's it's like he's it's, almost it's so like tongue-in-cheek it's almost like it's a parody of yeah. those type of movies and uh or and it's also kind of a parody of like the way action movies operated in like the mid 90s because a lot of mm-hmm. action movies were that that's when like action movies were just really getting away from sort of the diehard i mean they were still tied to the diehard idea but at the same time they were getting way getting way away from the reality of die hard oh and, yeah yeah actually absolutely and, but, but yeah no con yeah, air con, air, con air would work con air is like I'm, I'm sorry like this is weird like con air would work just as well if it was like conceptualized and directed by like trey parker yeah. Like it, 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 like the whole thing feels like this great big self parody, and if you like morph that into a South Park episode, I'd be like, yeah, this fits. It's, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's so ridiculous. But like, Cage really was in. It's weird because after leaving Las Vegas, he, he just went into action uh, form. I remember um, there's this thing on the commentary or something like on on The Rock where uh, Michael Bay was talking about like when when they were filming uh, that uh, that sex scene, like you know, pretty early on before yeah. like he actually goes into Alcatraz. And like Cage was like taking his shirt off. He's like, no, you don't need to take your shirt off. She's wearing a rope. Like, and he's he's like, no. He's like, oh. And I think Michael Bay said that he had some interaction. He's like, oh, you've been working out a lot, and you just kind of want to. Okay, take your shirt off for the scene. <laughs> so it's like this whole bit. And like you know, he like before. Could you realistically think of Nicolas Cage as an action star? And it, <laughs> it just it felt weird, but like it works so well in like that yeah. the, that that little trilogy there of Prison Break <laughs> movies. And yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Even, well, yeah, I mean, this one has him breaking out of prison, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that. But Yeah, so, yeah, sorry. Again, all over the place, but so, yeah, go ahead. Um, Sean eventually, Sean, you know, he captures Caster Troy after the insane, you know, runway action sequence, car chase. And uh, it looks like he might have killed Caster Troy, but it turns out he's just in a coma. And that's actually beneficial because of the fact that Caster, as we saw, uh, set a bomb or set a bomb to detonate at a convention center in Los Angeles. 
and they need to find out where it is and when it's supposed to come off. Go mm-hmm. off. And uh, the only person, of course, that Pollux will talk to is his brother, Caster. So in one of the most ridiculously insane ideas I think any action movie has ever come up with, I mean, that, I don't know, that's a pretty high bar. But um yeah but the, but this one is ready to meet it. That you you have you have an underground you have a doctor to come up who basically can transfer one person's face to another person's body completely forgetting about uh blood type you know compatibility and all of that yeah. fun stuff and oh physics and yeah. out the body the physical attributes and stuff like that. And you'll go undercover as Caster Troy, and uh, that that is, and I I will. It's it's funny to see him like, it's it's almost kind of funny to see that moment. I mean, it's you feel it because of what the scene that comes after with Eve, but the the scene where Sean's having this dilemma of like, oh, what do you what should I do? Should I do this? And it's like, oh, I'll do it. And it's like, well, you better get the story moving. But yeah, if, if you don't, the movie's done. So, <laughs> but then you have this scene with Eve where he's having to tell her, it's like, look, I've got to go on this assignment. It's just one more assignment. Then I'll be, you know, on on a desk and stuff like that. And I'll be home after that. And the way that Eve reacts is, and the way John Powell scores the scene is just really beautiful. Yeah. And then, and and then we get to the moment where the actual surgery happens, and I I absolutely props to um, makeup designer Kevin Yeager on this. He oh yeah, the, the effects the effects in that sequence are amazing. On designing the makeup effects in this movie. Oh yeah, because because I mean if you, if you see the behind the scenes stuff, like it's uh you know, it's not them. It's like these prosthetics. So they don't even have full arms. It like only goes down to like the bicep and like the upper torso. Yeah. But like, you know, they're, they're, they're like pumping to like make them breathe and everything. I mean, at first, if you look at it, like, and they're really smart by like filming it under like this really harsh light that kind of blows everything out. But you know, if you look, you're like, oh, those are kind of like dummies, but like the faces, once they're like putting them on there and moving around, you get just that right amount of ick factor where like yeah. a face is like <laughs> kind of warped and you're like, no. And like, I love that. They are like they were so smart in that sequence mm-hmm. by not showing everything because like you know like I I love horror movies I've made horror movies there like I admit that I would have that impulse of I want to show the gore underneath the face but it's like by not seeing it or it's out of focus it feels a little more horrific and focusing on the reaction so I thought that was a really smart choice and it also like saved them from trying to like make it well we got to make this look too realistic so like when you just see like the face moving on top and you get the red seam peeking behind that worked great and even more whenever cage woke up doing the best like trying to talk without having lips you know yeah. like when he's like like uh, it, it works he's like he's like oh it's just cool we're gonna deal with it and it's like he kind of sounds like like you know he sounds like fire marshal bill i'm gonna be honest like let me show you something but uh but it, it's so it's so cool like how they just like you know you just see like when he's like bra fucking bo and you see like those little glimpses and then like it's it's a tiny pet peeve, but he's like, "What do you want?" And you see the reflection of the doctor's glasses. Yeah. This is after Caster wakes up, 
um, Nicholas Cage as Castor yeah. wakes up. He's like, you take one goddamn guess. And you can see you can see that his eyelids are down and you can see the lips holding the cigarette. And you're like, oh, that should be teeth and open eyes. But but you forgive it because it's a reflection in his glasses. They never give you a full good on look on it. Yeah. And it's like it helps you buy and sell the illusion. So I thought that was really smart. Um, I'm, I've kind of figured like on Wu's part of like, you know, how to like stage all that. But the 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 you're right, the prosthetics and the makeup effects in that sequence just are are incredible. Um I don't, I, I'm not trying to like rerun and detour, but, but, but if we're going chronologically, there's two things past what, have, before what has happened that like, I really am a big fan of. Um, the one, like I said, when he's the priest, like in the middle of the, uh, the, the credit sequence. Yeah. And just, just the way that they're setting up these characters, because you already have like an idea for like Sean's character, like when he's like, I will, he's like, I'll take a break when the case breaks. And you get the idea he's been hunting this person for years. Yeah. This strained family life. And then you have, uh, ping pong for a brief second to Castor Troy, Nicholas Cage setting this bomb. Handel's like, you know, hallelujah comes up yeah. and he walks out, starts headbanging and then picks up this choir girl's leaflet that she dropped and then grabs her ass and makes the craziest yeah. face I've ever seen, which, which is my favorite Nicholas Cage gif of all time. It's <laughs> the look on his face. And yeah. you're like, I know exactly who this character is. And then fast forward a, like a little bit later to, um, uh, uh, to uh, uh, the way you were talking about the scene where he's talking to Eve about, I have to go do this one last vital thing. And, you know, she has this, like, we're talking about, like, the, the big human moments. That's one of the biggest ones early on in, this, in, in the movie because, mm-hmm. like, who, who, who has been in a relationship that can't relate, uh, probably, I'm generalizing a little bit, but, like, who, who can't relate to the fact that, like, you know, your work or whether it's a passion project or your actual job, what you're working on, um, takes you away from those that you love and you get the idea like this is a strained relationship yeah not just because they lost their son but because in a weird way he kind of lost her husband because he's been obsessed with trying to catch him since when maybe we don't know maybe all she wanted was him home mm-hmm. and like you know he's he's been gone and like you know running and he's like one last time even though he's yeah. got him i have to go back one last time how many times have they had that conversation it's just one more time and you mm-hmm. feel that in her performance yeah. where he's like one he's like the way he, that Travolta just says that when she's like, you have to go back and he's like, just this one, just this last time, just once. And she's like, I've never needed, you've never needed my permission. So if you're going to go, just go, yeah. but go now. And I'm like, I like that, that shit hits hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I like, I, I think that, you know, the, the idea of like trying to struggle with like balancing time with those you love and like, you know, w- w- what father could walk away from that? Like, you know, like that, that is, it's such a beautiful tender moment. So like you have these weird polar opposite scenes where you totally know who these characters are and you understand them on their journey, which is crucial before you, you know, they, they, they do the switch because like you have the juxtaposition of the hard emotion with, uh, with uh, 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 Sean Archer and with Castro Troy, you have the bits like grabbing the choir girl's ass or like on the plane where he's like, if I were to send you roses, no, no, wait, if I were to let you <laughs> suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Which what, I'm like, who wrote that scene and how did they yeah. do Like, it's so... <laughs> And, and, you know, talking about how he's like, I could eat a peach for hours, which ends up being the scene. I love that that's the line that yeah. they do to, like, kind of map his voice. It's like, <laughs> you you know these characters so, like, concretely before they're thrown into the deep end of having to switch. And it, it's really, it's beautiful storytelling and character development. And mm-hmm. I, I I love it. Um, Like, last little tiny tangent to catch up with you. There is this moment that I kind of love, which is just, and I don't care. Um. Because Wu's like, you know, hey, we're going to make this as ridiculous as possible. Caster jumping out of the plane in the hangar with the dual guns, the gold yeah. guns, the <laughs> coolest guns in the history of motion picture cinema. Seriously. Yeah. Um, 
and he's like he's he's diving out like just firing with that like you know that 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 iridescent like red suit just looking like 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 a boss and he's just shooting everybody sparks out of focus flying everywhere and then there's that one part where like the 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 shotgun blast uh i think i think it's caster he turns and he shoots this guy and as you see this one fbi agent or whatever running up you can see like the wires on him and I remember catching that later thinking, holy shit, because I saw this in the theater, yeah. and then I like I taped it off HBO or whatever, and then I bought the VHS, I since bought like the DVD, and then I bought the Blu-ray. When I was watching the Blu-ray last night, I was like, hang on, as that agent's running up, you can see the strings that are holding him for oh, the yeah. stunt that's about to yeah. happen. And then the, the blast happens, and you just see him get pulled away. Yeah. And it's like, they didn't even bother to like paint that out. But it's so funny how like I've noticed on all my all my copies I've gotten of that movie over time, how mm. that defect just keeps getting clearer and I don't care. I'm like, yeah. I can see no, the strings it, more. Now I can see the strings crystal clear, <laughs> but fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to what you were saying as far as the uh, the surgery, that I think that's one of the things that's so terrific about this film is that it really has like pretty much every genre yeah. covered. Like, there's a little bit of everything. You've got the science fiction aspect, it's a crime movie, it's a drama, it's an action movie, it's a dark comedy, and it's a thriller. And it, yeah. it just covers all of those bases, and the fact that it's got all of these different aspects of it over two and a half hours is just fantastic. Yeah. And it, and, but, yes, ultimately, it's an action movie, and that that's that's one of the things that you're you're going to uh you're you're going to take away from this movie more often than not and um you you have the scenes in the prison which is you know in in the middle of the ocean and one, mm-hmm. one wonders exactly how Sean Archer gets back to the shore um, oh, he swims like a son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> but um, no, it's one of the things that's really just hilarious about that scene is the fact that you you basically have, um, you basically have like these these boots that these magnetized boots that people are wearing and stuff like that. And that's how you keep them in yeah. line and. <laughs> It's it's just such a science fiction prison premise that it's yeah it's it's, it's like they're they're trying to like work in like this little future it's like it's like if you look at the outside it feels like you know it's sort of like discount like like Kmart watered down prison but like on the inside it's like this elevated future prison yeah. and it's like it's like it's like ancient but future Alcatraz or something. Like I don't, I don't know. It's it's just weird. But uh, but yeah, like you're you're just kind of like okay, well this fits with the movie. They're changing faces. Why not? Yeah. This 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 is like the Geneva Convention does not exist here. Amnesty International doesn't even know us know about us. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, sure, I buy it. Like at this point, it's like I'm drinking the Kool Aid because like, and part of that is the script, and part of that is just the way that Wu sets everything up. Because yeah. like you said, this this is an action movie, and you have to you can't not succumb to suspending your disbelief for this film because um, you have, uh, like, the way that John Woo handles gunplay is borderline pornographic. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally, I'm totally here for it. Where, like, every fight is, like, every fight's like a dance, you know? It feels, like I said, it feels like this ballet, and it's, it's like this overly dramatic, orchestrated flourish of, like, 
you know, even at the opening, like before, going back to like before when they're in the yeah. airplane hangar and he's like, he's like, you only have one bullet left. So do you. And he goes, wow. And then they take that little <laughs> moment to like crisscross their arms. So they're not intertwined. Yeah. And it's like, who would do that? But it looks so cool. And you're like, yes. No. And you and, have all these little, oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and John Woo is somebody who absolutely loved Hollywood musicals. And he has said, oh, and it shows he looks at action sequences as dance sequences. And Absolutely. you can tell by the way he uses slow motion, by the way he choreographs everything, by the way he uses mm-hmm. music. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we get to it, it's that exact moment that you're, I think you're thinking about is exactly the, the moment I'm thinking about, too. And it's just absolutely, it's, it's such a powerful use. It's one of the best uses of a are, song. Are you, are you- are you talking about the scene that I definitely want to talk about at Detrix? Because that's my yes. favorite. That's that's yes. one of my favorite. Yes. That's actually, I, 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 okay, let's put a pin in that and get to that. Because I, I, I legitimately, <laughs> and I hate to say it, that might be my favorite shootout of all time, specifically yeah. because of how it's orchestrated. It's yeah. it's too perfect. But mm-hmm. but yeah, no, like like yeah, you can see that he's like working this out like a dance. And I was I was amazed because like when when you watch like the behind the scenes stuff, the actors were actually thrown off by like how. Um, how Wu does, he only, he doesn't like to do a lot of takes. He yeah. likes to do things, he likes to rehearse and then do things in one take. And he's like, maybe I'll go up to three. And I think there was this moment where Travolta pulled him aside and he's like, he's like, the studio's paying me a lot of money. You know, I don't mind to do it like 30, 40, 50 times if we have to, to get it right. Like, you know, <laughs> I've, I've done that before. And Wu's like, I just need the good one. I don't care how much they're paying you. <laughs> it's like, and it's just like, but because he, because you can tell that this wasn't, okay, set up a camera and, you know, like here, 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 and here, yeah. and we'll just, we'll get it and we'll figure it out in the edit, which, I, a lot of people attack that. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes if you're doing a crazy stunt, you're like, the best thing is to get coverage because you don't want to have to do that again if you don't have to. Mm. But, but, but woo, it's like, they rehearsed that so specifically to a T. You think about, just think about the process of making this damn movie. Not just because of the runtime, not just to, like how many action scenes, and we have, we eventually will get to it, but talking about how the finale ends up becoming an action scene on top of an action scene on top of an action scene. Yeah. Fuck it, we have boats now. <laughs> like, you know, it, which which is still like, that That might be my favorite action finale of all time. I Okay, I love this movie so much. <laughs> anyway, like, but you have all this, uh, it's so, it's like so carefully choreographed, but you still feel like it's a little unhinged and there's freedom for the actors to play because like, you don't ever feel like, oh, you know, you watch some action movies and they're so technical, you're like, oh, well, they have to hit this mark because they have to hit focus because blah, 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 blah. like this feels like they gave them room to play, but he's still like, how many setups were in that sequence? How long yeah. did that take? To, how did he did that with a lot of those with one take? Fucking how? Because he's that good at what he does. Wu is just, well, he's I a master I, craftsman. I think I remember that sequence in particular was, it was like a seven, it's like a seven minute shootout that I think I remembered hearing. I think I remember hearing or reading that it took like three weeks to shoot. Are you talking about the finale finale? No, I'm talking about the scene in Detroit. I think it ended oh, up taking like yeah. three weeks to shoot. I mean, it's that does not surprise me. That reason. And it's so complex and it's so, but it's also so precise because from, from the second that action sequence starts, it doesn't let up. And it is just oh, yeah. absolutely electric. 
Yeah, uh, you're totally right. Are we are we are we there now? Can we start I mean, talking we about that scene? Are we are we still there? hinting at it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can go ahead and go there if you if uh, if unless you have anything else you want to add before we get there. Um, the only other thing, like I really kind of like appreciate about the setup is uh, like how he continues to kind of further the juxtaposition of Archer and Troy, mm-hmm. um, specifically about like you know Archer being like he's really going through like this. If you think about like what this dude has been through, it's kind of amazing that he's still breathing and alive. Yeah. Like you know, he he is he's and I don't just mean physically. I'm talking like mentally and emotionally. This mm-hmm. is and 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 now at this point, he's trapped in the body of this person who he loathes that took everything from him. And it's it's like it's it's like you have become that which you have hunted. And there's something mm-hmm. kind of like uncomfortably like evilly poetic about that. I think. And uh, then you have, um. Troy, who's living it up in his body with his family, with yeah. his wife, and and like and like again, you have this this character of Castor Troy who is just like straight unbridled id almost, where like everything he does is excessive sociopathic and sexual. Like again, from the the face when like again going back to the way the face when he grabs the choir girl's ass to when he kills uh, was it Winters or whatever the girl like in the plane and he, like yeah. he kind of like. When he every time he kills somebody, it's almost he like he almost looks like he's having an orgasm and he's yeah. so over the top and then that's going home to our hero's wife and daughter and you know it's just like everybody's in danger and it's 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 just such a unique clash of personalities i think i mean it's not like this is the only time that it's done but it works so well in this construct and it's interesting because of the fact that we're we're learning in addition to us learning more about the characters that travolta and cage are playing at the moment those characters are also learning about the people whose face they embody. And exactly. And there's little moments of, where, where of skepticism where they're like, wait, what do you say? And then they have to kind of course correct. Yeah. It's storytelling about storytelling about storytelling. One, might, one of the flat out mm-hmm. funniest moments in this entire sequence, in this entire movie, is the first time we see Sean Ar- Castor Troy and Sean Archer go home. And... He misses the house. And he misses the house. Yeah. And he slam the brakes and he's like, he looks, and then he moves back. Yep. It's like that is one of the flat out funniest moments in in the movie. Yeah. And the way he plays it off, like to her, just like, "Mm, okay. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's so, that, that is, because like, okay, that's something we should, like, we've kind of commented on, but just to call it out specifically, this movie is so genuinely funny. Like, 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 it's, it's, it's balanced with like this, like, really dark like visceral drama these pulse pounding action sequences this like this 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 like bleeding heart of you know loss and and uh compromise and you know really conflicting emotions but there's these moments of levity where it's just laugh out loud fucking funny and sometimes it's a dialogue but it's also just these little character bits you know and it's specifically how troy and archer play off each other in reversal it's it's i don't know it's it's uh, I'm like I'm I'm falling in love with this movie more as we talk about it, mm-hmm. and it feels like I'm like I just watched it and like I already want to watch it again. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, you're 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 totally right. And then you get to uh, um, oh, was it, speaking of cameos, because I was thinking, but we were going past the prison. Wasn't that Joe Bob Briggs for like a hot second in there? Yes, yes, yeah. right. <laughs> it's just like every again. You're, I'm like, oh, you're in this movie too. Um. <laughs> Uh, blah, 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 blah. where was the part? okay? So yeah, like now we get to uh, Dietrich's scene, which is like this. 
it's not even the biggest it's by no means the biggest action scene in the movie i would actually argue yeah. that the, the 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 airplane hangar actually that that that's a pretty good like start the movie off and then the finale is the creme de la creme but like this is kind of this is like the centerpiece of the movie mm-hmm. you know like we, we haven't yeah. gotten to act three yet and this this feels like the big moment and if you break down what's really happening in this movie it's super fucked up because you have caster troy as sean archer it's literally like, mm, I'm going to kill all my friends now just to yeah. get to him. And if you think about that, you're like, how? Okay. Like, you know, which is an easy thing to glaze over. But if you really think about it, like this dude is the biggest monster, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just not just because he accidentally killed our hero's son in the opening scene, but like, that's pretty messed up. And then you have this uh, uh, sequence of like, you know, him trying to, uh, oh, sorry, him being uh, Sean Archer now as Castro Troy. Nicholas Cage playing John Travolta, yeah. uh, sitting here, uh, 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 but as Nicholas, pretending to be Nicholas Cage. Yeah. He like where, where he uh, he takes the drugs that Dietrich gives him, and then just starts to kind of trip out, and then they talk <laughs> about how they're gonna. He's like, "How are you gonna kill Supercop?" And he's like, "Tiny surgery." <laughs> and then and, and then the whole like theatrical like, "I want to take his face off," and that that whole that whole back and forth with Cage and Cassavetes is fucking everything like yeah. i love that bit he's like well, he's like the eyes the nose it's coming off no more drugs for that yeah. man like and then, and then and then and then you think about that just stop and think about it for a second this character it's a funny moment but like think about this as a human being you have a person who has lost everything who is now trapped in their enemy's body hanging out with their enemy's friends mm-hmm. trying to get their life back riddled off of drugs that they're not used to out of their mind goes in the bathroom and looks in the mirror and sees sees this face like just his reaction there we strip out he's like i'm not me i'm me and the way yeah. like with the sound design like you know where it's like changing between cage and Charles's mm-hmm. voices like i like that it, it's it's such a it's a funny and trippy scene but it's also kind of like emotionally wrenching you're like god this is this is awful to watch our our hero go through this and then you have the big twist of oh he has a son that looks just like my dead son yeah. basically it's 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 like can we can we elevate the stakes any further here and then after all this careful setup and character moment and these character moments boom operatic action scene unlike anything i've ever seen in my life yeah uh, and it just the way it moves between the editing in this move in this particular scene is just it's on another level of oh it is action sequence it's the way I don't know how it builds yeah, yeah. and ebbs and flows and and the way that you still get you still get character moments and the way that you still get narrative moments that are going to set up the third act. And I mean grand that's at mm-hmm. the tail end of the mo- at the of the sequence in particular but at the same time you and then you have this scene and you see the type of mother that Sasha is to um to her son and yeah. she and, and how oh, can you not feel I, for her i don't want you seeing that i don't want you seeing that i don't want you you know I, yeah, she, I, she, she picks really, he picks up his really, golden gun and thinks it's a toy yeah. yeah and but also her putting the headphones on to shield them mm-hmm. from all the noise and yeah putting on the putting on the music and yeah it's this beautiful mama bear moment yeah and the the music in that sequence is Olivia Newton-John's o- version of Over the Rainbow and mm. it's it might be my favorite use of that song in a movie 
that is like like I, I okay i i i have a soft spot um and if you ever want to do a podcast about it um i know i've been on your show a few times feel free to bring me back because i i love sequences that are set to not really ironic but like unconventional needle drops like you know like i'm putting this one i'm putting this up there with uh, reservoir dogs stuck in the middle with you mm-hmm. where it's like where you just have like a scene a song that you're like Take something that doesn't fit with the scene and you make it work better because they're so like diametrically opposed. Yeah. It's 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 like I the like th- the fact that we all of a sudden go into this muted uh <clears throat> like perspective of this child watching this horrific violence all around in slow motion, like this this hyper value this hyper violent ballet of of death and chaos, mm. just set to this super calming, like Olivia Newton-John's Over the Rainbow, like, it, it's so beautiful and awkward, and, like, really is kind of, like, almost a, you want to see how John Woo turns violence into a dance, watch that scene, yeah. because it, it, it it's almost, it, it's weird, because you could arguably say, like, it's so on the nose, but I don't really think it is, I, I think it's just very fucking clever, um, th- like, because he, it, it's, it's, he's so in control of his sensibilities there, it, it pisses me off, I'm like, you can't be that good, how are you this good at what you do? Please always do this. And like, and he, and he manages to hit like, he'll, he'll, he'll go like, cause that, that sequence is beautiful mm-hmm. and like, like chill inducing. And it's, and it's, it's bookended by the rest of the sequence, which is so, cause it's like a reprieve from all this like chaotic, uh, like really pulse pounding action where everything kind of slows down for a minute just for that song mm-hmm. with, with these little bits of comedy. Cause I don't remember if it's before or after, but you have like these little comedic beats where he's like, hang on, we're going to get the, audio. it's like pulling the strings audience laugh here where like you get over Dietrich he's like man my place is getting fucked up yeah. which I'm sorry I laugh at every time every time I see this movie I like audibly crack up like it, it's just it's so I, I three weeks three weeks is too short to shoot that movie because you can't tell me the, uh, that sequence because you can't tell me they weren't having fun every damn day yeah yeah I mean and I mean if if you think about just the fact that it's like he was he's rehearsing but it's also it's like no we'll we'll get the best take and the fact that you do and the fact yeah. that you can figure out okay here's how here's where i want to use slow motion here here's where i want to use slow motion here just this is where the editing process there's a master class of editing going on in this sequence because of the fact that you have to it's one of those things where your director you have to understand Here's how I want to put it together. Here's what, how Absolutely. I want to put the scene together. And the fact that I he can have this, it's it's almost a tangent of, oh, we're going to see it from Ben's point of view, and it's going to be over the rainbow playing, and then we're going to take you out of it immediately, and as we're going to build to an even bigger climax between these characters, where they see yeah. each other for the first time since the prison, and we also are going to see significant loved ones in Dietrich and Pollux get killed. Mm-hmm. And that is going to set up everything that we see moving forward. And Yeah, that, that basically that basically kicks us into Act 3, if I if I'm, think I'm kind of analyzing this, like, from where the cutoff point would be. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, because the next thing we see is Travolta is shot... Caster in Travolta's office, and he gets chewed out. He kills uh, Lazar, the yeah. head of the FBI, and 
this and we come to the uh moment where uh Sean as caster um comes to see Eve for the first time. Okay. And good good point. But hey, sorry, one second before we go to that cuz I really want to talk about that. There's one thing I, I wouldn't mind having a short discussion about um which is uh towards the end of all the stuff at Dietrix and Dietrich's death which which I'm sorry, carries so much weight to me. Like yeah. I like I I love the weight of Pollux's death what it does for you know, Caster as Sean Archer and just how he shoots uh, the 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 one other uh, actor, which I think was that dude that was an American Psycho. I forget, yeah. I forget that actor's yeah. name, but he's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but where he's like, why are you upset? It's just Pollock's Troy. Boom, shoots him in the head. But uh, <laughs> that um, you know, Dietrich's death, which again is fucked up because Caster's killing his friend, and then uh, and just like you know, his goodbye to his sister. A little weird that they kiss on the mouth, but whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then you know, like, and then just I love that 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 turn. Where he's like, hey man, we had some good times, and then like he's got that hole in his neck that just starts gushing, mm-hmm. and then then the the thing I that we I we have to talk about there because like you have you have so many like you said so many emotions that have happened in this sequence. Uh, you got the emotional resonance of uh, of uh, Sasha's kid that we find out is Caster's kid, uh, and all all that happening uh, kind of is uh, sorry. Actually, no, I think we're still in Act Two. I'm being overly overly analytical here, but anyway, like when you get to like this this cap off of that whole centerpiece sequence of the mirror face off like like the standoff like we like i got we got to talk about that for just a second because like Mm -hmm. i remember thinking this is fucking brilliant the first time Mm -hmm. i saw that and it still is every time i was just like it's so simple but so perfect that they end up like you know they're shooting each other and then he takes a second and you know he see like caster uh nicholas cage who's an archer at this point sees sees himself in the mirror as he's shooting at caster as john Colta, and uh and all of a sudden they turn and they're back to back against the mirror. Yeah. And you have that little bit. He's like, I think we liked it better the other way. Can we <laughs> trade? You can't give back what you've taken from me. Plan B, let's just kill each other. And then they have that moment where they have to mm-hmm. shoot. It's like, I was like, okay, I know it's so on the nose, but it's like, you're literally like, it's like they're killing themselves, facing themselves in the mirror, which is a really cool moment bookended uh, or like uh, to draw another point to whenever uh, Cage earlier in the in the sequence like was drugged out of his mind and saw his reflection. It's almost like you know coming to terms and acceptance and like it's sort of like if I die I die. I think that 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 little like brief standoff there is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I'm trying to think of another moment like that in an action movie and I just it that it works so damn well. Like mm-hmm. I was like this is the most creative use of mirrors I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean that is that is absolutely perfect because of the fact that you see, yeah, I mean it's it's exactly what you said. You you see Sean Archer looking at Caster Troy, but seeing the face that he's in, and then you see uh-huh. Caster Troy seeing Sean Archer, but in the face he's in, and it's like it it is such a simple thing, but it's also perfect. But yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like having to kill yourself to kill your enemy, kind of or whatever. There's 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 levels working there in that yeah. scene. But yeah, one thing we haven't talked about when it comes to the performances by Travolta and Cage that is oh. one of the things that's so interesting and so precise about these characters <laughs> and the way they 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 build on the manner they take on the mannerisms of the characters that they're the face they're inhabiting is mm-hmm. Caster tying his brother's shoelaces. You see it at the beginning. It's, you see yeah. It, and and then you see it at when the he's end dead. when he's dead. And it's, it's such a beautiful, tiny little moment that would have fallen by the wayside in most action movies, honestly. Yeah. 
Like it's it's such a tiny detail that carries so much weight. And it's such yeah, it's it's simple because of the fact that it it shows that even as much of a sociopath as Castro Troy is, he he has a little bit of he has he does share some humanity with his brothers. Well, he genuinely that, well, loves Polly. Oh, absolutely. That's that's his heart, and that's his opening scene that yeah. we saw from Archer's perspective. That is that is him. Like Archer lost a son. This is his moment. This is th- this would be his opening scene if the story were purely his. Yeah. And like that comes back literally later in the church standoff. I know I keep telegraphing to that <laughs> when he's like, you know, he's, he's like, no, he's like, why didn't you get over it? No father could, no brother could either. It's mm-hmm. like that. Okay, at that point, they're kind of even, at least in Caster's eyes. You yeah. know, it's like that. That is the moment of like, okay, <laughs> this th- this is more than just you've been hunting me and I'm trying to kill you first. This is th- yeah. like that. It we're, becomes we're gonna, uniquely we're gonna, personal. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna talk about the church scene because that that yeah. scene is it's it's basically like the killer amped up to eleven. Re, 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 yeah, it's the killer. <laughs> it's the killer redux. He's like, he's like, okay, I'm an Amer- I'm an America and I've got this budget and yeah, we're gonna go all out like. And okay, uh, sorry because I really I know the re- the reason I pause you is because I super want to talk about and I'm sorry I know we're just kind of gabbing forever but like how can you not talk about this movie this much but like uh, you, you that yeah. I really want to talk about when he goes to see Eve and that that one two punch of the scene at their house and then the scene at the at the at the at the hospital but yeah. but pause on that for a brief second because um, <clears throat> you mentioned the editing and I think that this is. <clears throat> like you said, if uh, we was like, if you get like, you know, full studio support and a blank check, if you're gonna swing for the fences, this is the damn one. Yeah. And I, I really can't think of another time that's happened because he was plagued as you were right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the behind the scenes and dem- democratic diplomatic process was or whatever with, uh, with broken arrow. But I know his, when he did hard target, there was a lot of reality because there's the long rumored original director's cut that never saw the light of day of what that movie was before the studio and MPA like had him cut it down over and over. Well, so like we, we don't also, know what the original well, we version also, was. And then also had clashes with Van Damme on that one too. And, that's uh, true. So it wasn't just well, with the studio; it was also with Van Damme. You're right, because he was a he was like like the the biggest superstar at that point for the, for for yeah for action movies. But then you have um. And kind of bookended, like you get Broken Arrow and then Face Off, and then right after that, and I still defend it. You had Mission Impossible too, yeah. which you had the cloud of Cruz as a producer that kind of like was like kind of steering the ship of like, yeah, we have a different director on each movie in this mm-hmm. franchise, but it's going to be like uniquely this way, and like kind of like what Cruz wants. I love the Mission Impossible series. I'm not shitting on it. I, I like I'm here for all yeah. of them except yeah. three. I'm like, eh, I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of three, but I love the I love them all to different degrees. But um, you have uh. But but I, I remember like there's this bucket list I have like a, you hear about like long rumored original cuts of films that never saw light of day. Mm-hmm. I I so want to see Wu's original cut of Mission Impossible too because supposedly it was like this three to four hour Ben Hur like epic oh hard God. R hard R rated action movie. Wow. Like apparently the original one it was like it was it, they were like it's and you can see little moments of it like not to not mm-hmm. to pivot for a second but like I like I. And again, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but I like I'm just reading hearsay and accounts, so some of it could be urban legend. I don't know, but like you know, so, like you see these little moments, like at the opening, whenever uh, Cruz like breaks the dude's neck in the plane, mm-hmm. you notice how there's no neck crack. There's all these little moments because the movie was so violent, they had to um, mm-hmm. they like remove sound effects to try to like not get an R rating. Yeah, and like you can see it in all the gunfights are like they it's the movie's actually edited a little weirdly where you feel like it cuts away too quick because they they actually brought on i forget who but uh, they brought on an editor after the fact to recut it 
and he creatively found ways to like cut away where you focus on the gunshot but you don't see mm-hmm. the body and everything and like they basically like he made it pg-13 but originally Wu's version he delivered was long epic much more story-based than action and apparently it was like i heard it felt like a classic hollywood epic and like it got more into like you know mythology and you know like the the virus was was like you know the, the viral thriller pandemic or the the threat of that was was much bigger and it got streamlined but apparently it was originally like a three to four hour hard r oh, cut wow. and they were like no 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 and supposedly <laughs> like the rumors of people saw it they're like it's incredible you'll never see it and yeah. i was like i want to see that so he had studio interference like crazy with paramount there yeah. um well and, and cruise carrying clout with that but it's like i really feel like face off is the one where he, like and it could be wrong I, you know i don't i don't know i wasn't there and there could be some another studio really mandated a whole bunch of stuff but i really feel like this is the one where he's like he got to do what he wants because you get all these little moments, like you said, like tying the shoelace and all these little things that I think they would have been like, can you cut this down to an hour and 45 minutes so we can have an extra runtime per day? You know, because yeah. it was this was this was this I remember thinking movie. this is long for an action yeah, movie this back long then. For an action movie. I mean, not but, really but but now, but it never dragged. It never are two and a half hours now. Oh God! Yeah, no. If I go see an action movie and it's under two and a half hours, I kind of feel like I don't get my money worth. It's like <laughs> I, I'm I'm a but I I'm in the weird class. A lot of people have. I get very excited. You can tell when I talk about things, I can't shut up. So like, I, 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 you could argue I have a short attention span, but not really with movies. I'm a very patient viewer. Mm-hmm. And I like, if I'm in it, I'm in it. I mean, I like, I, I'll, it's, the, it's the binge watch mentality. I mean, like if I like a series, I'll sit and watch all 10 episodes on a Saturday. If I have nothing to do, it's fine. So like, I don't mind as long as it's good, but I feel like this easily could have been, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. I think you do need everything that's in this movie. And I feel like he, I feel like this is Wu's biggest victory, at least at least in like American Hollywood cinema, mm-hmm. um, because because uh, from an editing perspective, it's done so well. But I don't really feel like I don't feel like I don't feel like I, I feel like if the studio kind of was like no no no, it, it a lot of the heart would have been lost. Yeah, you know, it would just been like yeah. no get get to the blow up stuff. And the thing is, there's something blowing up every five damn minutes in this movie. It's nonstop. Mm-hmm. This movie is an assault on your senses. It just makes you feel things along the way. It's like you come for the kills, stay for the feels. And it's, yeah. uh, well, but, uh, I mean, if you think about, I mean, that's where, that's where having producers like Michael Douglas and Barry Osborne on this movie, I think that's yeah, to have his back. they were able to, they gave Wu the clout to essentially do what he wanted mm-hmm. and to be able to say, Hey, you know what? You you want to do this? That's that's fine. Go ahead and go ahead and do this. And I mean, look at Barry Osborne. Like one of his one of his other most significant features is a is a three hour eleven or three movie eleven hour version of Lord of the Rings. And it's like yeah, I mean, it's Wait, which was it was where... yeah, and that's again yeah. with New Line. Like you know, Peter Jackson. Like you know, he had Peter Jackson back to be like no. We're going to do this, and I'll also do extended versions later. You're welcome. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, like, you think about that. You can't really. Anyone can be like, oh well, you could lose this. You can lose this. And I'm like, I, I like everything works in such good complement of each other. From like, mm-hmm. you know, the, like you said, like it's yes, it's a sci-fi movie. It's an action movie. It's a thriller. It's a it's like a, a family drama. It's a it's this tragedy about fathers and sons. But like, does does not this whole thing just feel like epically? And I don't know which. So I'm I'm probably someone who's more like educated in in the actual literature of those would be like no it's not this or it's one more or the other but this feels very like for lack of a better way of putting it to me like very shakespearean or like a greek tragedy in a yeah. way 
Like it, it feels, oh, yeah. it I, doesn't, I it is not your run of the mill action movie. No, I, I definitely see that. And um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's that mixture of genres that we yeah. see in this movie. And it's, it's, it's just extraordinary. It's, it's extraordinary that it's extraordinary that works. And like you said, it's extraordinary that we was able to get to do essentially what he wanted in this movie. And he was able to add these little crazy moments of horror, these sweet moments of sentiment. And it's like, oh, in the middle of this big action sequence, I'm going to have a kid's point of view set to over the rainbow. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to do that. It's like, okay, that's fine. Oh, and I want to have a big uh, motorboat chase at the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, which, oh my God, are we gonna get there? Yeah. But, um, um, no, no, but you, but you're right. It, like it works so well. But then, like, okay, so trying to spin back around when I was like, and I'm sorry for being like, hang on, pause. I want to talk about something real quick. But like when when we got to, uh, okay, so you were up to him going to see Eve at the house because yeah. these two scenes that follow with her are like, like I said, I, I these these are moments that I cite when everyone's like Nicholas Cage is a bad actor, and I'm like, watch these moments. And, you know, it's so easy to see him, like, ham it up. And he's doing both in the same movie. Yes, he goes full crazy batshit cage like we want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, he's he's like, he's like half a step shy from not the bees at this yeah. point in this movie. <laughs> but, but, but also, God damn, does he act those, act his ass off in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when he, when he, like, okay, so yeah, I'll let you talk for a minute because I've been just rambling here. But like, so he comes home to meet Eve. And just that moment, like where he leans against the door, and he's like, "Home." Like, d- d- like, please tell me you felt that as much as I did. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that entire that entire sequence. It's like you feel because you feel his desperation. You you also feel her anxiety because even though she, I mean, I don't know if we ever, I don't know if she's ever seen. You know, I'm sure she's probably seen a picture of Casper Troy, but it's like she just yeah. has this idea. She knows who it is, and yeah. You feel the anxiety. You feel his desperation in trying to get her to believe mm-hmm. what he's saying. And you know, there, there's just a really. This is this is where Cage really has some of his strongest acting in this entire movie. And oh, yeah, like he 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 knew he knew what to dial that in into. The hospital. Uh, the scene, the next scene in the hospital. When yeah, that, that that one, yeah. Yeah, when Eve is testing the blood and realizing, oh, crap. Um, yeah. Just... Well, you've got, okay, well, even even before that, though, just, like, the way that whenever, like, he rushes up to hug her, to hush her, yeah. and he's like, and she's like, you killed our son, the way he says, I did not kill our son, like, correcting her, no, she, and then, and, and, did not kill Sean. He, oh, he does he? Okay. His, his son's name. Oh, okay. Yeah. For, okay. Yeah. I must be remembering that wrong. But like, you know, like the way the way that he goes, like he 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 corrects no, her there. No, wait a minute. You are right. It is. I did not kill our son. You're right. Because his 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 son. I, I was gonna say. Him. I thought that's what it was. But like, I was like, yeah. I'll defer to you. I, no, no. But like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, you you killed you killed Sean. You killed our boy. And she, he's like, I did not kill our son. And he's like, he's like, it's me, Sean. Uh, and he's he's like he's like he goes well just um he's like he's like just don't 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 look at my face. And he goes and the voice don't listen and there's yeah. that little moment where he he realized like you can see cages like where he like lets you see he realizes how ridiculous what he's asking her to do is mm-hmm. and he, it's like it's like how do i win this how do i convince her and then 
Like, like it, it, there, there's so many subtle, complexly layered, like acting moments in there for him. Like where, where he, then just like their little back and forth mm-hmm. on the table. He's like, I'm tired, Eve. And then just, ex- you know, explains to her uh, the, the story. And as he's telling it, he's like, so there's this underground surgery and so he switched my face, which is fucking insane. Yeah. And it's like, yep, yep. He's like, <laughs> it, it, it's, this movie's so self-aware and self-reflexive. Mm-hmm. I, like, I love it. But like, he, he just, he's explaining this to her and then takes the picture of Sean, which we'll talk about that in, in the, yeah. in the shootout scene, Michael. because that breaks, uh, sorry, Michael. Cause that, yeah. yeah, that breaks my heart. But, 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 but like, yeah, so he has this whole conversation with her and ultimately convinces her, take a blood sample from your husband because, uh, I, well, what does he say? Like he goes, uh, he goes, my, your husband's, uh, Sean's blood type is O positive. Uh, and then, uh, casters is AB, which, which, okay. Like, uh, mm, correct me on the science here, but if I'm remembering correct, isn't like O positive AB, like the opposite for the universal donor and the universal receiver. Am I right or wrong on that? I I honestly don't know. I, I, for some reason I thought that and I remember thinking that was a, (laughs) hang on, hang on blood. Hello, Google. Blood type O. Uh, uh, yeah, o, o is used for when the blood type is unknown and AB blood type. Because I remember I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah, uh, AB can donate to other ABs but can receive from all others. So, like, I, okay, I, I, okay. okay. I, I forget the exact, but I, remember, I feel like they're, they're sort of like, even with little details like that, they're trying to be like, they are polar opposites. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, like, uh, but okay, so anyway. So she takes the blood sample. Um, I shouldn't talk about science. I'm not a scientist, but uh, she takes the blood sample, and then, and then yes, we're so we're at this hospital scene. That oh shit, shit. It's it, it just carries so much weight to yeah. me. Like yeah, it really does. And um, um, that surf and turf speech just breaks me every yeah. time. Well, and I and there's another really funny moment funny line delivery of uh, Eve's here where it's like, she's pointing the gun at uh, Sean and he's like, Eve, where'd you get that gun? And she's like, I took yeah. it off my dead husband <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And yeah. My like, fake or dead husband. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and then, okay. And, oh, and one, one huge storytelling element that, that happens right there, which is very important and pivotal that we haven't talked about is he's, I'm moving very slowly. And then he does the face off face yeah. touch, which, 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 which has happened. Yeah. Like, you know, like you saw at the very beginning in the opening where he did it to Michael. And then, like, you know, he does that to, he does that to yeah. Jamie. He does that. He's done it to Eve that, several that's times. His, and it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's his sort of uh, symbol of endearment where the, yeah. the tying of the shoes is casting. And which, yeah. which, 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 let's be honest, that face touch, like, if you take that out of context, it's kind of weird. It Who is. does that? Yeah. But, <laughs> but in this movie, it's like my stance is it's actually kind of tender and beautiful. Like I, like I, you're like, if I saw someone do that in real life, like what the fuck are you doing touching someone's well, face like well, that? I don't care if you love them, but it's beautiful here. Well, and so much about the, well, and just think about the title face off. What is this about? Mm-hmm. This movie is all about faces and yep. you know, that's, and so yeah. It, and it, identity it, and like, gestures. You're, yeah. You're it's, absolutely right. Like you take that out of context and it's like, wow, that's really kind of creepy. Um, but then you, then, you know, you put in context and it's like, oh, okay. That, I mean, it, you, you understand because of the fact that it's sweet and yeah, the, the moments they, he does it, um, when he does it to Sasha's 
son and has the flashback of Michael and then you Oh god, yeah, we, we we glazed over that. That 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 shit breaks me, man. Yeah. Like when when he when he does that and then he he sees his son and everything. Yeah, and and that's right before yeah, we get that right before that gunfight starts. So it's like mm-hmm. you you like you're like having to wipe away a tear so you can like see everything that's happening. You're like, mm-hmm. god damn it. But uh no, it's but but okay, so like then you have you, you so you got um Cage as Archer and Eve and like you know she's she she realizes it's him and yeah. you see that in full force just with a look with Joan Allen's amazing performance in that scene mm-hmm. and just and then he's like I remember I once took a date out for surf and turf and he tells this yeah. whole like story about their first date you know mm-hmm. that uh, actually no her reaction I think comes after that speech doesn't it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. just, just the, where, where the full weight of all that kicks in and. Again, I, I just keep, I can't say it enough. Cage acting his ass off in that scene. Mm-hmm. Just, just to like at the end when he's like, even though it must have hurt like hell, she kissed me. And just like where he like, he's going back because all he has are yeah, happy okay. memories from the past. You. In that moment, but, he says, even though it must have hurt like hell, you kissed me. See, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Of the fact that he's, you know, he's, yeah, you know, he, he's going to drop the pretense and it's like, you kissed me. Like, this was, yeah. This was our it becomes movie, so extremely personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I messed that up. But like, it's so. Oh man, yeah. uh, it's just it carries no, so much weight. And then like, yeah. And then she lets him know, like, you know, we've been living as husband and wife for a while, mm-hmm. and it's like he already knows this because yeah, Caster's been rubbing it in his face, <laughs> and uh, he's like, I enjoy boning your wife, and it's just like, yeah. oh man, it's uh, <laughs> it's so it's so. He's like, I can never make it up to you, and then she's like. You're damn well gonna try. Joan Allen's character in this and her performance is like really kind of uh, like kind of beautiful because yeah. like back back in the '90s, um, like from a like a, I, I if I remember, I'm trying to think of other, and I'm not talking like an alien or something where you like you know like the strong like uh, you know action heroine, but like you have uh, like mostly like the the significant others or the spouses, like the women were kind of like. They were, yeah. there wasn't a lot of meat to the supporting roles for women in, in 90s action movies. And yeah, in this, like... It was basically a character to essentially bring, yeah. you know, get the character home to, essentially. Exactly. And while this is, like, the dueling forces of, like, these these two rival men, like, honestly, Joan Allen is the heart of the damn movie. Yeah. Like, like her, her like, she is a, she is a strong, capable, like, dynamic character and i like i think uh, yeah i just like and just that little bit when she's like he says i can't make it she's like you're damn well gonna try and you see her take charge and like the pivotal role she plays in the finale and everything like you know it's it's yeah she's 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 a damn powerhouse this was sort of of one of the the start of a a big run of movies for her because she did this she had this in the ice storm the same year and the next year she had pleasantville which is yeah which which god speaking about another movie that i could talk about forever yeah um and then she was uh what was the the contender the the contender yeah yeah which yeah i remember that one being a holy shit moment for her she ended up being in the born in the born franchise as well well you skipped over the fact that she was in the notebook directed by dietrich but yes anyway oh yeah why do i know that should i I know that it's fine i I like ryan gosling and rachel mcadams whatever so (laughs) <laughs> it's got ryan adams it's his birthday i mean ryan, ryan adams gosling. it's got yeah. it's ryan gosling today it's his birthday happy birthday um it's, it's got him and rachel mcadams i like watching pretty people be pretty it's fine yeah so um 
but uh, but but yeah so yeah so she just mm-hmm. i thought it was funny i was like oh now she's she's in a movie directed by dietrich but, but yeah, um you, you you are right like this is this is one of those she she's one of those characters where it's like she's she's not one of those characters where it's like she's just a goal for the main character to get back to like she's an exactly active, she's an active participant in the action and yeah. i mean you you kind of you know and the second that Caster re-enters in Travolta's body, it's like you kind of get the feeling that that's probably going to be the case because obviously Sean's going to have to have a confrontation with her as in Caster's body and yeah. um or in Caster's face. But um no, this you're you're absolutely right about her character. It's like she really is the heart of the movie and it's this movie, I mean, I I will admit, like I, I saw this movie a ton when as well when it came out. Um I was this was this was when I was in college. I was I was just absolutely I went to movies considerably more on a repeat basis than I have the past few years. I just don't really have the time anymore. But sure. um no, I mean I was you know, this was when I was in college. I went to go see it as much as I could. I loved it that much. And um yeah, you you have the uh and I I love the <clears throat> uh I love the the music, the way that John Powell brings the emotional music back and I love the way he scores the scenes essentially setting up the climax of the movie in the uh church. Um right. which is basically uh Sean's boss's funeral. And uh, just so this 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 church takes place on a beach, and uh, it this church is on a beach, which okay, great. It it's great because of the fact that John Woo's still able to have like his doves and stuff like that uh, come up, and um, it's just a fantastic looking scene. But also, oh, yeah, to where the action is going to go afterwards. Um, I think when yeah, we, what well, what? Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I think the scene that I I think probably the the scene between Sean as Caster in and uh, Sasha before that, where it's like he sees you know what he says whatever happens you know you'll never have to worry about Sean Archer again. Yeah, which like, is such a beautiful yeah. moment in Promise. Or it's like, because you know, you know, he means it because yeah. it's it's him. And like, yeah, that, okay. From the way the score kicks in, like you said, that that first rising shot of Cage mm-hmm. on the beach, like you know, with, with the sunglasses and yeah. and you know, I lo- I love that Wu's like doves are gonna be here in a minute, but we're gonna do the same thing with seagulls right here. Like, which which <laughs> which was which was like a crazy transition to me because yeah. you're like, I'm like I'm like you're gonna I was like your doves are gonna come up in a minute. Like, but but yeah, no, like the way that he promises to Sasha is such a tender, mm-hmm. beautiful character moment. And like, God, I mean, going back to Powell's score, that just 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 those first notes before they even get to the church, the way that that builds and rises is like, you just you know, oh shit, what's coming next after everything we've been through? Like like I remember <laughs> feeling tense and nervous in the theater because you're like, this is the, like I I feel like that's probably the beginning of Act Three, if I'm not mistaken. Like, like that, that, like that feels like a big transitional moment. And it always feels like, I remember back in the day, like, um, 
like this is how ingrained it is in my in my brain from like when I used to see things in the theater. Like I remember that being like the real change moment. Like back whenever uh, you know everything was like projected on 35 and you had the cigarette burns on the top to let you know when to switch mm-hmm. reels. That was like the start of whatever reel that was, if I remember right. And I just remember feeling like even on video when that's gone, like that is like the big, okay, strap in. This is the start of the end. It felt, you know, it's just like the, that that shot, that score, that moment is just like, it's like the quintessential, quintessential moment in an action movie of feeling like the beginning of the end, but you are not prepared for what's ahead. And then like, okay, so yeah, he has that that moment with her and then we go in uh, with, uh, with Sasha and then we go into uh, the, the church and it's so funny because uh, Emily's reaction whenever we were watching, she's like, "Who would allow like doves in the church?" I'm like, "You." I was like, "Like," and I meant this in the comment. I was like, "I was like, I was like, you shut up, it's John Woo." But, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's fine. It's like on a beach and everything's open and like you know you have, uh, and it feels like the way that he kind of like, like I know it's in the script, but it feels like it's kind of this interesting way of like working in like. Uh, um like sacrifice and religion you know by like mm-hmm. cage being a priest in the handel's messiah sequence at the end directly connecting to this at the end with like you know the altar boy bringing uh archer uh, okay sorry caster pretending to be archer the picture of michael of his son and then like you know looking around you see the dove he looks back to see if, if uh his nemesis is there and you just see that one lone dove flying mm-hmm. in slow motion like in front of the cross if i remember the shot right like it, it's yeah. so like and everything you know, like you got candles everywhere and it's like this and you know everybody like calmly calmly goes out mm-hmm. and then and then Travolta as Cage comes walking in that um scum da 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 doo doo or you know like you're like making fun of like you know like kind of strings like yeah, isn't this religious and does like the Christ yeah. pose yeah <laughs> and literally like like basically it's like he's reading the stage directions in at that mm-hmm. moment there because he's like he's like the eternal battle between good and evil, <laughs> saint and sinner, and you're still not having any fun. And then it fucking starts. Yeah. And like I'm I'm inside just clapping because like everything at this point, Wu has like he had there hasn't been a missed opportunity or a skipped beat or a lull in about two hours of runtime at this point in the movie almost. Like there hasn't been a moment to breathe. And this is the moment that the movie kicks in and feels like it's firing on all fucking cylinders. Yeah. Like where he's like, he's like, mm, you thought, you thought we were done, but there's a reserve <laughs> tank because it's like, how do you, after think about it, after everything that we've seen and experienced in this movie, how do you somehow save the biggest and best for last still? Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's, it's like incomprehensible. And, like I, like I can't, I have trouble wrapping my brain around it. It's so amazing. And, and you have probably the best, Mexican standoff outside of Reservoir Dogs. Ever, and yeah, yeah. Outside have, of Reservoir Dogs, I mean, like this, this, this beats, have, this beats, yeah. You, you have Travolta, you have Cage, you have, and then one of we br- then we bring in you have, uh, and then we bring in Eve. One of the one, of Caster's lackeys brings in Eve, and then yeah. Sasha comes in. And you you brought up the fact that it's like no father could, you know, no father could uh, forget, and he and then Caster's like no brother could, either. no brother could either, and then Sasha says neither could his sister. Yeah. So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The writing, the writing on that scene, and the way that that moment is like, and you hear her voice, and then her gun comes in, and you're like, mm-hmm. how many lines? And, and you know, like, and you're you're trying to catch up with holy, like. 
you're, you're trying to catch up to the holy shit levels of cool that that is. And then you get like, Wee! what a predicament. Again, talking about this being like one of the most quotable action movies ever. And then, uh, and then uh, the dude that brought uh, Jamie there comes and he's like, why don't you put your guns down? So you've yeah. got this like one, two, three. And like, I love that Sasha tosses Nicolas Cage. Okay, okay, hang on. It's <laughs> Archer as caster. Tosses him a second gun. So now yeah. we're like, okay, cool. Wu's like, hang on. I got to get everybody to dual gun status mm-hmm. achieved. It's like, <laughs> so, and it, it, it just, 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 just that standoff with even the middle. And then I remember, I like, I really paid attention Again, seen this movie more times than I could count, but like I really paid attention on this viewing to um, the shot selection, the editing, and the pacing and the structure yeah. of the shootout that follows. And you never, you never get a medium shot, you never get a wide shot, mm-hmm. like hardly at all. Like it's, it's eye close-ups of eyes, close-ups of gun, bullet flying at camera, someone falling back, close-up of wood splintering, close-up of dove flying. Yeah. It's like it's, it, it's comprised of these like claustrophobic close-ups that you never really get to see the action. At all, it's it's like single shots of everything, um, and of then I completely forgot and then you get the, the after. Uh, Mexican standoff at the end of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which I just started exactly about too with all the close ups of well, the faces. Yeah, and, there's there's that, and like for some reason I'm trying to remember, but like I, I feel like I remember in like El Mariachi and Desperado there being some fairly decent ones, but like oh, I'm not sure there were, yeah. But, but like, yeah, like, I mean, Good to Man and the Ugly is like, you know, that, that's like the quintessential classic, like, and dear, don't even, let's, don't go down the Sergio Leone rabbit hole, because that's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> yes. But yes, but but this one is so, like, I don't, like, I, I, I mm, prove me wrong, buddy, but I, uh, someday if you make another movie that's, like, this epic, but, like, I don't, like, I don't think Wu can ever outdo that standoff. No. It's, no. it's, it's so... So you know, expertly done, and, and the fact that it's funny because of the fact that I mean he never really did, other than Mission Impossible Two, he never really did this type of action movie again. I know mm-hmm. I remember hearing I remember a quote of his after nine eleven where he's like, "I'm not sure if I could really do that type of action again." And he really hasn't because I mean after that, Wind Talkers finally came out, which is World War Two movie. And then yeah. Paycheck, which is more of a sci-fi thriller in sort of the Hitchcock vein. And then he didn't really make anything else until Red Cliff, which is a historical epic. And so, yeah. He, yeah, he'd really never touched this genre again. And it's almost like it's almost like everything he had to say about the genre and everything he felt like he could put in the genre, he kind of did in this case. Oh yeah, he. I like. I. I kind of feel like he left it all on the table here. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. it's like I don't know what I don't know where there's to go from there as far as like that type of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, it's it because like that that stand up and again, I I remember being like I was so surprised to really like focus this time because it's yeah. like before you're just like into it and you just sort of accept like oh this is how it played out and then at the end you see the aftermath of who shot but like the way that that sequence is done so expertly but so minimalist yeah. because it's all like individual isolated shots. You you there's no like okay, we got a two shot of like one person like throwing a punch and then we cut to a reverse shot of that. It's like, it's like this creative artistic montage of just very select beats and moments. Mm-hmm. And you know, they all shot each other. Like you don't get like the shootout and the wide shot, yeah. you know, like other, like, you know, like, like Reservoir Dogs or anything like, you know, you just, you end up with just this little, this, uh, this very focused, it's really kind of disorienting, which, mm-hmm. which and it, like really puts you in the perspective of if you were those characters in that moment, yeah. you're like, 
bullets flying, wood splintering, dove flying, someone falling, scream, someone spins, Eve hits, you know, uh, them with the chair. And it's like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just chaos. Like you don't need to see her ducking and going and picking up the chair. You just get like those little select no. bits and it, it's, it's like brilliant direction, yeah. really brilliant editing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, and then, then what we're left with is the aftermath because it really wasn't about the gunfight. It was no. about the buildup and the setup of, and, and the building of tension and then the fallout, which is the aftermath. The the montage in between, we don't need to see that gunfight no. because we have the spectacle laying ahead, mm -hmm. you know? Because like you, it, it's it, it, it kind of like, I don't remember, I didn't remember that, but you really don't see the gunfight. You no, just see the no, glimpses. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, I think that that's a great, and, and that's a creative choice. That wasn't budgetary. That wasn't, you know, editing for runtime or anything. That was like, it's like he's giving each fight its own unique flavor because that is that feels vastly different from the airport hangar, the hangar shootout at the beginning. It feels vastly different from the shootout at Dietrich's. That feels vastly yeah. different from you know the the escape from prison, and it feels worlds different from what's about to happen. Yeah. So it's like John Woo is like, I'm going to do every different type of gunfight and action sequence that I want, and they're all going to have and, a unique flavor. It's like you got chocolate before, you're getting strawberry this time. And and it essentially brings us back to. It, it essentially it essentially sets up the chess pieces for the most emotional part of it because of the fact that the aftermath of this is Sasha's dead, the henchmen are dead, so it basically it brings a and Gina Gershon's delivery of what she says to Caster slash Sean. Uh, mm -hmm. when she's dying it again it it just breaks you your heart and yeah like, when when she she's like don't let him grow up to be yeah. like us okay i yeah, it's again this is, it's it's like a movie about fathers and sons but like she but, but between her and eve they usher in where it's like no it's about families and sons because it's yeah. like like you really think like this starts off as it's just about fathers and sons and then by the end it's like man the mothers carry so much weight in this mm -hmm. and it's 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 yeah. I don't know. It's a complicated, violent story about family. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it really is. Um, yeah. And then you and and then you know Jamie comes in because she's been brought there, and yeah. uh, you you basically have the final you know fight, and then Sean and then Caster oh. reveals himself well, to Jamie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we yeah we we got to talk about about this little moment yeah. or whatever because you think about Jamie like she she's kind of. Here's the thing, like, you know, like we love her as a character, but she's kind of been an annoying brat most of the movie. Yeah. Which 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 is which is her character, you know, like mm -hmm. that she's supposed to be that. But then in this moment, like, you know, again, like uh uh right before she comes up, uh Cage, uh who's like Archer looking like Caster, like his voice uh modulator gets gets damaged and all of a sudden, so now for the rest of the movie, we have Travolta's voice coming out of both actors. Yeah. And uh and uh, and you know she you know she, she he's about to shoot him he's like please God die which which is the most impassioned plea mm -hmm. and I don't remember a time before this movie that I was rooting for someone to get killed so much as that when he's yeah. like please God die I'm like yes please kill him I want to see him win I want to see him die and like and then you know she comes up with a gun and then he's like hear my voice I'm your father he's like he kills your brother Jamie <laughs> and then she shoots him. And then all of a sudden it, twi it twists and you could just see the look on, on Dominique Swain's face. It's a really good performance there yeah. where she, where she's like, wait, what, why is my dad holding a gun to my face? And then yeah. the creepy licking her face Ugh. and then it coming full circle where I, I love that. I love that she gets she that moment. The advice that he gave her. About yeah. The 
because like earlier with the whole Danny Masterson scene wherever like you know he's like he's, she's like geez dad some guy tried to rape me and you give me shut and he's like hey do you have protection and he pulls up that that's that, that yeah. squiggly knife <laughs> jam this in his leg and twist it because like right after that line what was that line there he's like dress like halloween and ghouls will try to get in your pants again yeah. most yeah. quotable action movie ever. but anyway like so he teaches her like he's like stick it in the leg twist it so the wound won't close mm-hmm. and it's like she does that and i'm like yeah oh, that's perfectly because it's like he literally taught that to her it's like it's 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 basic storytelling but so so masterfully executed that you have that moment and i love that they give because honestly jamie's character was probably one of the more like side less dimensional characters like you get the idea it's like oh it's the it's the teen angst my brother's dead Mm. my family's falling apart blah 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 i'm gonna rebel and be a goth girl like you know like it's it's (laughs) it it, i get it but it's like i love that she got that moment to come full circle there with like Mm. where she takes what he learned and stabbed him in the leg where she realizes. And I love her line at the end where she's like crying to her mom. Will somebody please tell me what planet I'm on? And that's another line. Just like Dietrich. I laugh at it every fucking time. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, but yeah. Okay. So then, so we have this like standoff there and then the, the chase, foot chase they, ensues they to, to uh, dueling motorboats. And yeah, because uh, it's, it's like in every, and, which can you think of another movie that did that? Then everything, every action movie at that point, what did it end in? A damn car chase, and it was like, well, how well the thing is, it's like it's funny because this that was a wild summer for action because of the fact that in the same month of June, you had you start off with Con Air, which had airplanes. You had Speed Two. Did the Con Air come out first? I always yes. forget which came first yes. that summer. Con Air okay, came out first. I remember this vividly. Um, okay, Con Air came out first, which had airplanes you had mm-hmm. two cruise control in the middle which was no was i forgot that was that summer okay <laughs> and then you had face off which had both of these elements yep. and it's it's one of those things where it's like and the motorboat i i'm going to speak sacrilege because it's like the the motorboat scene is a bit too much i i i oh, no no i i I, I love it. It's it's so well put together and I get I get charged every time I watch the movie. Uh yeah. watch that sequence. It's so well put together. And it's like I remember watching the uh the behind the scenes thing that they had on HBO for face off and they were talking about, you know, how they did the uh jump scene with the uh police boat with the uh Coast Guard. Oh yeah, where it literally ramps through the boat. It is literally a ramp that they built inside that boat and that's basically how that shot got was done and uh this this was so this was i do remember that this was a sequence that he john woo wanted to do for hard target but he never they weren't wouldn't let him do it for hard target and uh so they finally got it he got it for face off and it's like it this it's such a bonkers sequence, but it's so well put together. The editing, oh. the music, it's yeah. just, it's as, it's as over the top, wonderfully over the top as a wonderfully over the top action sequence could be. Oh yeah. And like, it really showed, it, it's, it's an example of like this, like you said, this is essentially a car chase. I think he said that at the beginning yeah. of this. this is, yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it, it's, it's like, 
it, it is a car chase because like every other action movie back then like around that time like it, the, the big if you had a climax it was mostly outside of like a speed two cruise yeah. control yes but like or, or conair most often or not you're like when's the big car chase you know especially if it was a michael conair, bay movie you're like there's gonna be the car chase but even but, conair you had the car chase on the strip because yeah exactly fire, so you had the fire uh you had the uh yeah, but the, but yeah, you know you you're right. Yeah, they were trying to bring it down. And, okay, yeah, because yeah, that that that's you're right. I always forget about that because that came earlier. Because like what I remember Con Air, I'm remembering them trying to land on the Vegas Strip and that whole like finale, which was preposterous and awesome. But uh, but no, no, like, but but in this like the boat chase, I I I completely understand your comment. Um, because the comment I was gonna make was, you don't really need the boat chase in this movie. No. But also I'm like. But you absolutely need the boat chase in this movie because at this point I'm like, how do you top this anymore? This is the equivalent of them making Friday the 13th movies and they're like, there's really nothing else we can do. And someone's like, you want to send them to fucking space? And they're like, okay. <laughs> so like, but this is that. They're like, yeah. they're, they're like how, how do we top this? And, and Wu's like, so I was going to do this boat chase for, for our target. Okay, <laughs> let's do this boat chase. And, and come on, the, the stunt work in that where like the dude, the, the, the cage's wonderful. stunt work goes off to the side and is holding on to a holding on to a chain and you're like, yeah. I kind of feel like there's like like it's funny because Emily made the comment. I can't take credit for this. She, she's like, I feel like when they did it, they were like, there's no safe way to do this, so you're just gonna have to hold on to this chain on the side yeah. of the boat and try yeah. to ski with your feet. And it's like they did that, and then you know we wreck one boat, jump to another boat. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's gonna try to hit hit him with the damn anchor. And then, okay, the boat's going to crash and we're going to fly onto this debris-laden, like, yeah. little, like, beach yeah. shit cove and the boat explodes. And then you have this decrescendo of, like, a fist fight with with char with the charred debris. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so... I like, I like that the movie ends there because if it ended with the climax where, like, you know, the, the final, like, you know, confrontation ended on the boat, I love that the boat wrecked and then we got, like, a final hand-to-hand -hand combat because well, kind of, I love the boat chase. To, but Because of the fact that you have to make sure – you have to make sure that both of them are still alive. And yeah, and it's really – Half least that. You're, or at least not alive. You have to make sure that uh, Sean Archer's face is still usable. Exactly, and and I would think, and that's what makes that climax like that's another one of those horror moments when it's like he's got the shard of glass and he starts just cutting, cutting his, his face. face. It's like oh yeah, and also and exactly, and and how badass is it? Okay, okay, first off, like okay, a couple things I want to unpack there. One, I agree with you. I think it's half that. I also think it's half that it has to be personal. Yeah. After this, it comes yeah. down to this plight between these two opposing forces, and it has to be. Like the, the the boat chase is larger than life, and it's like you know that yeah. that, that that is hey let's let's throw in some hyperbole because it's that movie now fuck it but then but then you have like this like really like like Mortal Kombat hand to hand like mm -hmm. you know intimate violent one on one personal encounter between the two of them and uh, yeah yeah like it has to be that and like even just like when he stabs him in the leg he's like ah oh, I've been bad yeah. you're right but but then, but then he like how badass is it that he that uh uh sorry, damn it, it's always, Caster, Travolta, at this point, grabs the, the spear gun, like, mid-shot, yeah. and is like, you will always see my face, and then, yes, starts to cut his face, and then, I, it is one of my favorite moments, like, I think when, when the good guy finally kills the bad guy, it's just yeah. when that, he, he kicks it, and it goes off, and the way that Cage screams, die yeah. at him, it is, like, that line 
for some reason that feels like the most violent moment in the movie, mm-hmm. even though it's not really graphic, just because he's yeah. screaming at the top of his lungs, die in his face. And it's so impassioned. You could argue that that's cage going over the top, but to me, mm-hmm. that is just every emotion and the length of that journey yeah. coming out. And it's just like the biggest fuck you, please die. I can't, this has to be the end. And then even as he's fading out, You've got this cocky son of a bitch over here just singing his I'm ready for the big ride, baby. (laughs) Like which which is like he's an asshole to the end. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so fitting and beautiful. And then and then and then from the the endorphin and adrenaline, holy shit, what have I just been through rush from that? (laughs) We get an epilogue that to me is every bit as heart-wrenching as the prologue of this movie. Like so, we so like we we've been through the movie. The movie's done at this point, and we shift into epilogue mode. And take take it for a minute because this this shit just hits me right. It's like a gut yeah. punch in the heart, man. Mm-hmm. No, it 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 really is. And I I remember the first time I watched this movie vividly. I watched it opening night. Um, I went to go see it with my mom, and I I was I was in tears by the end and I, I really yeah. was in tears by the end and I I just like I was like god damn it John Woo it's like he <laughs> made me feel something like this this was, yeah. this was it was such a it was such a powerful catharsis because yeah that that last fight between them has to be personal and it's it no I don't look at that moment as overacting at all because it you're absolutely right it's this release of all these emotions, all this catharsis for Archer from everything he's been through in the past two and a half hours of film. Yeah. And it's, it's, and is just such a great moment. And the fact that he earns it, he's earned that moment. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that epilogue where it's like, he finally comes home. It's like, you've got the backlighting, which is pure Spielberg moment yeah and it's, uh, it's, it's 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 like this heavy like you know foggy atmosphere yeah. with diffusion and like you know bright blown out lights and it's, yeah it's <laughs> it's it's it, it, it you know what it feels like it feels like the dream sequence at the end of the first nightmare on elm street where you're like this almost yeah. doesn't feel real mm-hmm. you know where you're like something's off <laughs> this isn't right <laughs> but um oh but, but okay what you said about like you know like again not just rewind too much but about the like when he screams die and everything like we were talking about i do remember and it still impacts me every time, but I remember the first time I saw that in the theater, I was absolutely numb at that point. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I was just like, it's like, you feel like you just been through some kind of an experience. Like I, like my nerves were fried at that mm-hmm. point. And like when he, when he just sort of stumbles back, cage uh, Archer stumbles back and just plops down. I was like, same. Yeah. I'm, I yeah. got nothing left. I'm, I'm just done. And then, and then, yeah. Okay. So it's so like, now we're in this, this, this finale, this, this ending um, with that, like the, 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 the reprise of that, uh, of that theme in a really beautiful, but kind of different way from the opening. Cause the opening felt very kind of like sad and forlorn. And it's like the same theme changes just enough to be hopeful now. Yeah. Did you catch that? Like, like, it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. Like, um, but then, but then, yeah. So like, okay. Door opens and, you know, we see the shadowy figure walking mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, Archer as, Tra- you know, Travolta now himself coming back home which which there's a couple things here that like i'm like i try to just have to ignore the science because i like i love that they make comments like i you know i i don't know what i hate worse your face or your body is one of the yeah. back and forth before but you know like cage and travolta you know 
Cage was actually in pretty good shape back then. Travolta yeah. wasn't not in good shape, but he wasn't like you know buff. He was he was he was like he was he's like yeah he's like I got a cheeseburger or two in me. So like you know they even comment that on the surgery. They're like we'll do you know like uh we'll, we'll change the 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 hair and we'll do lipos yeah liposuction. Yeah. So it's like okay so for each of them when they switch they had to like you know add and remove fat. And then the other thing I love with the wedding ring that someone had to add and remove the hair from John Travolta's knuckles. And for yeah. some reason, I can't not see that every time. But, but, but when he walks up, when he walks up, it's like, how long ago was that surgery? Because he walks up and he's got like the five o'clock shadow beard. Right. You know, when he's been clean yeah. shaven the whole movie, mm-hmm. which, which I actually kind of like as a character moment, if I'm going to be really analytical, because it's almost like he finally can relax and breathe mm-hmm. for a minute, you know, which is like, when you think relax, it's like, mm, you don't have to be clean cut and shave for a minute. But also yeah. it's like, you know, he, he comes home sees his family there's this really like hallmark cheesy with the light and the yeah. fog and the diffusion and they see each other and he's and he's smiling and come on john travolta was was he was kind of at his prime back then like you know yeah. like he, he was he was no saturday night fever like but, but like at that point he was like super charming mm-hmm. you know so like he just he does his like million dollar smile yeah. and then his family hugs and you know jamie comes up and she's she's looking like a normal teenager and less mm-hmm. like like you know uh, goth girl, which is fine. I actually liked her better the other way, but you know, like you do your thing. You're happy now. She's a happy yeah. girl. Um, so like, uh, she, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they have that hug. And then this is, and then, and then like, well, I'm happy for that moment for that character. What comes next is the thing that, that like, if yeah. I, I've been emotional, most of the movie, this is the part that I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I just completely break every time. Yeah. Because right. of course, yeah. and in the care and the son's name is Adam. I've been calling him Ben the entire time, but, it just occurred to me that the, yeah. the character, her, Sasha's son's name is Adam. And so, um, Oh my God. I just realized we have an Adam and an Eve in this movie. They're really, oh they're really God. going for some shit, aren't yeah. they? Because I, because we got, we got Pollux and Castor. Yeah. We have an Adam and Eve and we also have a Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's, there's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're doing some shit. Anyway. But of course he, he's, adopted or he's wanting to adopt adam and yeah not only is it and obviously we know it's as much to you know for him it's to you know sort of keep his promise to sasha but yeah. it's also a way to help him heal from you know the it loss is of uh, michael so. And I have seen, I, 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 I've heard like, you know, I don't remember if it was like a, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like an honest trailer, but it was something like that. Or maybe it was, I don't remember, but I remember over time I've heard a lot of criticisms of when people are like picking apart the, the logic of the movie, they're like, oh, everything's okay now we have a replacement son. And I'm like, that's not what it is at all. And, and there's a bit of a personal note here, but, um, and I, I don't expect this to resonate with everyone, but like, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually adopted and that ending fucking hits me hard i don't know if it's just because of that or something but that idea of just like you know like they bring him and you know like to their home and everything and i think that that's kind of beautiful because you have this this representation of innocence and this chance for a new beginning and at no point do i feel like this is a hey this is gonna re this is gonna you know replace michael no it's it's just that this is adam he needs a home yeah we can i made this promise to sasha who, despite being criminal, was a good person yeah. and, and a, a good, good mom, mom. Yeah. and a good mother, and she and him deserve fucking better than they yeah. got. So, like, I like, I think that that's a beautiful, tender moment. And like, you know, you know, here's the thing: people are like, he just goes, "Is this okay?" Shows it to his family, and then Jamie's like, "I'm Jamie." Does the face, the face off, face yeah. touch, hashtag face off, face touch. There you go. <laughs> and then, and then, like, and then, you know, takes him to his new room, 
And then, you know, he just looks at Eve like, is this okay? And people are like, he didn't even clear this was with his wife. And I'm like, yeah. we don't need that conversation. And, we don't and need course, that. And it's course, a, Eve's going to say, yes, of course it's fine. And yeah, of, of course it is. And like, like you know, it's, it's a, how at the end of this, can you not have a moment of, of, of happiness and hope? And like, yeah. these characters have all earned it. Adam mm -hmm. included, like, like they all, they've been through some shit. They're, I mean, we have a lot of, we have a lot of damage and destruction in the wake of this film and the plot and we yeah. have so much <laughs> loss and heartache and everything. It's like, just let, and when people do, I'm like, just let them be happy, please. Yeah. It's like, I, I think it's a beautiful moment. Is it, it, it really is it maybe, is, is it maybe no, a little rushed? It, it really sure. Is. It's, and, it's, it's, it may, yeah. may be a little rushed, but it's a beautiful moment that you need. I think, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, this, this is, this is, this is one of the most formative films to me that I think I, seen at the point because of the fact that, I mean I really started to th this this is one of those movies that will always mean something to me because of the emotions that I elicited because of the exhilaration that I've felt over the years watching it and just because it's it's one of the most gonzo just go for broke action movies I think that's ever been produced and the fact that we're yeah. in the Hollywood system is really an impressive achievement. And, it, is, it um, feels special. It feels yeah. very special and unique to me. And um, yeah, it's it's just one of those movies that it'll it'll always mean something to me. And I I I I was like I I want to talk about this. I, it's like I haven't really talked about John Woo, and it's like there there'll be there'll be another time to delve deeper into John Woo's filmography in general because I could oh, of course. I could talk for a few hours about his work and yeah, same same years. um but uh yeah this this was I you know it's like this is this is one of those movies where every time I watch it I I realize just how important it is to me and just how much it means to me personally and it's always it's it's a it's been it's been a pleasure to talk to you about it because of the fact that and especially, you know, it's it's funny because of the fact that I, I think, you know, of the movies that we've talked to on an individual basis with here, I think this is the first one we've well, we both really love Fight Club, but it's like I you you're you're somebody who I, I think you have more of a connection to that movie than I do. It's like it feels like to a certain extent this movie like we're very much in simpatico with like we, we i yeah i feel the same to, we we have this passion for it that really it's it's weird to be able to say that about a ridiculous action movie but because of the way that the people made it made it uh it doesn't feel that ridiculous no you're your story you're totally right because like it is it, when you think about it on paper it's like this sounds preposterous but it, it's like it's like reading a recipe for something that tastes really good but when you read it on paper you're like that's not going to work but then you yeah. bake it and you eat it and you're like this is amazing like it, it is it is it is the perfect storm the perfect concoction of elements that just like results in something that i i think is a very unique transcendent little piece of cinema and like i i uh I, I thank you for what you said because that actually that really means a lot to me on a personal level like i i uh it is equally a pleasure to just be able to talk to somebody that uh, gets and gushes or can gush over this movie as much as, as much as I want to. Like, like I remember when I saw your post, you're like, 
I think you, I think, I think you posted like a clip of the score and I was like, Oh yeah. God, this score. And then you said something like, I would love to talk about this. And I'm like, I don't know if he's serious, but please let's do this. So I'm, I'm so happy that I'm so happy that you, t- that, uh, that we, that you, you took me up on that and we were able to do that. Like I, um, I, I just realized that, uh, we've literally talked for the runtime of this film about this film. We've basically done a commentary yeah. that could be played in real time with the movie, but like, I mean, not scene for scene in order, but like, yeah. I, yeah. The, th- the thing is, I could keep talking about this. I know that we've yeah. probably covered, I feel like at this point, like it's a natural ending point of everything that we wanted to discuss here. But like, mm-hmm. it's like, I, it is, it is a joy talking with somebody that loves this movie as much as I do, because like, you know, like I've, I've had friends that are like, Oh yeah, face off is cool. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not just cool. Like <laughs> I love this film. It's like, I I'm classifying it under like formative, like you said, and important to me because like this yeah. thing, this thing was an, uh, like an earworm that got deep in my head a long time ago and it's just like grown and taken roots and like I you know how like sometimes you see a movie like when you're younger and maybe later you're like oh why was I into that like you kind of outgrow it yeah. like it didn't age yeah. well yeah this one not the case it, it, it mm-hmm. stuck and it stayed and if anything my fondness and appreciation for it has only grown over time like yeah, yeah. and I have there's several films like that but there's several that like when I was, like I said, like I started off with like, I only liked action movies and a lot of the ones I liked were shitty, but you know, and then later you're like, oh, that's crap. And there are movies that I hated back then that I'd grown to love. And I'm like, God, what was wrong with you? This is great. And then there's movies yeah. that like, I love back then that you're like, oh God, I'm embarrassed to say that I like that. Okay, well, it was, let's just remember the fond memory of when you did, but it doesn't hold up now. Face Off is standing the test of fucking time. And mm-hmm. I, I don't see that changing because honestly, like I've only grown to love and appreciate the movie yeah. more as I've grown as, as a person and a human and as, as, as a, as a filmmaker and storyteller. And just like, like I, I, I continue to just be in awe of how all the players and pieces came together for this story, which I, and I mean this in the most like affectionate way possible. I'm not, it's not a dig on the movie. It has no business being that good. No. Like if you read about this movie on paper, you're like, this shouldn't be that affecting or mm-hmm. artistic or brilliantly executed. Like, but, but, but somehow they took, it's it's like it's a very quintessential example in my opinion of of art and entertainment working in perfect like a perfectly like symbiotic relationship where like it's 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 both it's 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 uh it's thrilling it's spectacle it's also got the heart it's you know it's it's got it's all the violence as a dance and then all the you know the human emotions as you know like you know like just hitting you in all of all all possible Mm-hmm. emotional resonance it's 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 uh it's it's a really unique and rare film that yeah. um i'm 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 happy to to talk to someone else that appreciates as much as yeah. i do because like it, it really i don't i, I think it's one that the it probably will stand i think it should needs to stand the test of time and won't be won't be forgotten like definitely not for me because it's uh i think it's a high benchmark for I mean, all the players involved, you know, Wu, Travolta, Cage, uh, yeah. and, you know, every everyone in front of and behind the camera we've talked about, like, it's, you don't often get that aligning of stars. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically, not talking about, like, actors and stars, no, but, like, you don't no, really get the stars to align that no, much. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, th- it, it's it's a shame because, I mean, th- th- this 1997 was a terrific year, and, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I will just, I will just uh, wrap up with this, and it's like, um... 1997 was a terrific year, and there were a lot of great movies that came out that year. And uh, I, I think, I think this one kind of gotten got forgotten. And I think part of that is because of how 
absurd it is how insane the premise is. But mm-hmm. I almost think like if it had come out like 10, 15 years later, I think you seriously would have looked at it as a serious Oscar contender. Uh, because oh of, god absolutely all of the different elements whether it's Wu's direction whether it's the performances by Travolta and Cage whether you know it's Joan Allen's performance yeah. I I think there's th- this really is an excellent example of blockbuster filmmaking at its finest and at its riskiest you hundred percent yeah. I agree with that I and I, I I'll even go like to, to 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 add on to that, just a tiny little addendum. I I think I, I said at the beginning of this that I consider this one of the best, if not the best, action movie of the '90s. I I, I kind of want to amend that too. I, I'm gonna put this up there with like the greatest action films of all time. Like I'm gonna put this alongside like it going back, like a Die Hard going forward, a Mad Max Fury Road. This mm-hmm. this to me, this to me, like like when you said like later this could have been an Oscar contender. Like I I think that this is that good and i i don't mean that hyperbolically um it's to the point that like uh and and i guess this will be like probably a closing thought for me i remember pre pre pre-covid in the in the recent years uh, when they were talking about developing movies i kept hearing like rumor mill like they kept trying to do a remake of face off and i i uh, they were wanting to do i forget who a couple different cast members got thrown out. Oh, they want to do this with this person this person like it hadn't come to fruition i don't know if that's because it just fizzled or because of you know everything in 2020 got fucked up and shut down. But I think that um, uh, I normally am not a remake hater. Like whenever something comes out, I'm like, cool. I'd like to see it with fresh blood, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. And like, the, there are good remakes. There are shit ones too, mm-hmm. but uh, like, I'm willing to give something a fair shot, but there's certain ones. I'm like, please don't like jaws. I'm like, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't do it. Face off is in that category for yeah. me. Like, like when I heard, I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I don't want to see two other actors. I, I don't want you to mo- like modernize it or update it because, like, picture that now an action movie would be. And, and I'm not against CG. I'm really not. It works well when it's done combined with practical, like Mad Max Fury Road. Going back to that for a minute, but think about like the science. Everything was practical in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, there you'd be they'd be CGing the boats in the chase in this one or and everything. And like, and I just I. I'm not here for it. Just, just don't touch this one because it works so perfectly as it is. So, yeah. well, Jacob, thank you very much for joining me. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation on a movie that we both cherish and me love. too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, right there with you, man. I'd like to thank Jacob for joining me tonight on the uh, podcast to talk about Face Off. Uh, that's that's a movie is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm glad we were able to uh, get together to uh, talk about it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, that's it for this on the uh, Sonic Cinema Podcast. Again, check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, and uh, Podbean, and as well as www.sonic-cinema.com. Thank you very much. (laughs) 